up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks, depending on what that drink is. Preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? I'm telling you why your shame is... Soda. I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Maple syrup. I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC. Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks, where every show is our first show. You have made it just in time for episode one. As our as our pal Bishop would say, oh shit, here we go. With me today, as per the always, Miss Amanda Jane, say what's up. Hey, what's up? Or, what's up? What's up? What's up? Topical. <laughs> it reminds me of the NXT audience. Oh my god, that audience—they've got to do something with that audience. Just realistically, the NXT audience is so awful. Well, I get confused because if they're cheering for someone, doesn't that mean they don't like them? Sometimes. Because look at Man- Mandy Rose, and I'm uh, Mandy's been great. Okay, I'm not, yeah. you know. I'm confused by that one because they're totally, you know, cheering for her. And then you get some people that they boo the hell out of. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. And I think that they're, they're, they are often contrarian. I think that that audience alone is why every time someone gets called up, something changes. Because that audience is such that if you go, why would you change what's working? Because you can't tell if it's working in NXT. Because that audience yeah. is shit. They literally yeah. will boo something you're supposed to cheer and cheer something you're supposed to boo because they think it's funny. Yeah. They're like so. bored and drunk and stupid and Florida. Florida. Well, Florida man yeah. is everyone in that audience. Mm-hmm. Well, when AEW was doing their pandemic shows out of Daly's place, same thing. It was similar at the, the time, but it was. But even then, those people were. I think the NXT crowd that we have is the single worst in all of wrestling. I think every other crowd is better. They're more receptive to what's going on. They're less concerned with themselves. People seem Mm -hmm. to go to NXT and go, oh, I better get ready. They need me over there. I'm going to go do (laughs) something for the show. Yeah, uh, I'm on TV pretty regularly. I'm kind of an important part. I start a lot of chants. I don't know if you know that or not, but that's kind of my deal, me. Yeah. Where I think it's everyone else like, goes to wrestling and they go, no, I want to go there and have a good time. Or in my case, in a couple weeks, I'm going to have a good time and boo the fuck out of Will Ospreay. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, you got to boo the bad guys and cheer the good guys. It's not that hard. Yep, and I'm going to be the only one. So if you happen to be watching West Coast Pro that day, know that that loud person is me. Yeah. No. Just saying. Well, but anyways. <clears throat> I glad we talked about that off top. Uh, as, yeah. as we go, I'm at Ref Marsh. We're at WOTR The Show. Thank you all for being our drinking buddies today. Uh, uh, let's start with something simple. But what's in your glass? What do you got? What are you drinking? Well, I've got two different glasses today. I've got my lovely... I have Coca-Cola in my nice little, little mm-hmm. flasky thing. And I've got water. Next week, we hopefully will have something very special that I'll be drinking the next couple of weeks. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be good. So, 
Yep, oh. it'll be good. Trust me. I'm, I'm just having unsweet tea today. I'm doing, uh, still doing the old thing. Unsweetened tea. Splinter Fox coming oh, through. Ding dong, hello. Splinter Fox, you missed it. We just, no. on top of the show, we just went off five minutes about how terrible the NXT crowd is. You'd have loved it. Yeah, uh, you would have loved it. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, since we're clumpless today. Yeah. Oh, you can't see him very well. There mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. Clumps with us in spirit. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. So I, go I buy a watch yeah. from his Twitter or, you know, you can buy a lovely sticker of Clump. Yeah. He is under the weather. That is a clump sticker. We have, uh, we're sorting it out. Uh, the other day, uh, Sportsbeard was showing his off too. Like, that's cool. That's the, that's ref the Marsh. Ref Did Marsh? I give you both versions of Ref Marsh? Because there was um, an old school Ref Marsh. I was, I have two. I don't know. No, I'm trying to sort it you out. did not. You only gave me one Ref Marsh, and you gave me the uh, one clump and two yeah. knees, which. Yeah. There I am. And then, of course, the two. I have two of the the different, the referees in these two. Oh, yeah, there you go. There's a cool set made by Sam Stackhouse. If anybody needs stickers made, Sam Stackhouse is the go-to dude. Uh, The the quality of those stickers are great, aren't they? Oh, they're they're wonderful. They're better than um, some that I've gotten from wrestlers at the merch, at the gimmick tables. Oh, yeah. uh, show it real quick one more time. Uh, show the clump one, because uh, Splinter Fox says he wants to mod the Marsh to have an AEW shirt on. If you see the clump <laughs> shirt, has a little AEW shirt on. It just says M E H. Meh. <laughs> and yeah, I know. Look, in spirit, I have. Look, it's a Colt Cabana shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. great. So see, it's kind of AEW supportive. Yeah, it's AEW. Yeah. And I call it down the middle. I call it square on the nose. It's what referees do. Unbiased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, you want to start with a little uh, little uh, birthdays? We'll do some cheers oh, yeah. birthdays a, and we'll talk a little bit of news. There's a ton of birthdays this week. Good Lord. <clears throat> and it seems like there's a theme with this week's birthdays. I'll let you guess what it is. So remember Alex Riley? Yeah. Mm-hmm. WCW, right? His birthday is today. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His birthday is today. Drew Gulak, happy birthday. Paul Roma, my buddy Titus O'Neill, like I think one of the nicest people in the world. It's Titus. Titus. Jay Lethal. Lethal Injection. There's an AEW yeah. person for you. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, looks like Ari Advari. And hey, Mr. Santos Escobar, happy birthday. Very cool. Very Feliz, cool. whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't take Spanish, so. Uh, Feliz cumpleaños, I believe is how you say happy Thank birthday you. in Spanish. Thank you. And another birthday is someone that I love, who I hope Tony Khan would be stupid to not sign this guy, but I believe it's Joe Hendry's birthday, and I believe mm-hmm. in Joe Hendry, so. Yeah, there you go. It's one of the ROH people I love. Big Boss Man would have a birthday today. Oh, not today, this week. Guess yeah. who else has a birthday? Hmm. The Rock. The Rock's birthday's coming up? Mm-hmm. Look, can you smell? Yeah. He might be yeah. the uh, one directing Fast X now, but anyways, that's a totally different topic. Sue Hart. Is he going to direct Fast X? Uh, Justin Lim walked off the set yesterday. That's 
crazy. Middle of okay. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have, sources are saying that I don't know. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of queens, drama queens, all up in that set. Statham, The Rock, yeah. and he just said, "Fuck Vin it, Diesel. I'm done with this." Yeah, but that's... people are saying that Vin Diesel's probably going to take over because that's what he probably really wants. But I don't know. We'll see. But uh, anyways, lots of lots more birthdays. Mr. Fuji would have a birthday. Um, referee Scott Armstrong. Oh, very birthdays cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy, his birthday's coming up too. So Orange Cassidy, if you didn't know it. Oh, yeah. That was me. Not well, it's also an audio platform as well. So I mean, like. Oh, sorry. People no, okay, see well, it I thought that like Orange Cassidy. And that means I don't give a shit about his birthday. Sorry. No. So, happy birthday, y'all. Yep. Cheers and happy birthday to all of them. It was a hell of a list this time. That was a big one. Uh, um, next week's going to be a special one. I think I'm going to get cupcakes. Maybe I'll send you a cupcake or something. A special one next week. Yeah. I think uh, NXT Tiffany. I think that's her birthday. Tiffany Stratton? Yeah. Tiffany Stratton sounds like her birthday's... Uh, Ooh. Today or tomorrow or yesterday or something. Ooh. NXT birthdays Soon. in the house. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Spring Fox says The Rock will never do uh, Fast Furious anymore because him and Vin, had a, Vin Diesel had a falling out. He's I bet you they were arguing event. about how to like shave your head or something. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Or The Rock couldn't understand that cinematography made... Vin Diesel looks so jacked. Yeah, yeah. The Rock saw Vin Diesel and goes, "What? You're a little tiny dude, and you're not even that. Like, what are you doing?" Yeah. And Vin Diesel's all like, "Oh, CGI. I'm jacked." And Rock's like, "Oh, no. They have to CGI less muscles on me sometimes." (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. But no, apparently he isn't. That's a lot of money. That's a multi-billion-dollar film franchise. Yeah. Why would you not want to do that? Yeah. I think Cena. I don't know if Cena's going to be in the next one, but Cena wasn't bad in in the last one. Yeah, he was supposed to be pretty good in that one too. Yeah. I don't know. He, he I don't was. Know. Yeah. I like that. I wonder what next wrestler will be in the Fast and the Furious series. Um, Ooh, if I were to bet money on it, yeah, they need a woman, oh. and I think who would probably be. I think pretty good as a woman in there is maybe Becky. Becky could be Becky really vibes. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Rhea Ripley could do good. In oh, yeah, movie. Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alexa could be a really good actress for a lot of things. I don't know how she would fit in the Fast and Furious world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't yeah. see that. No. Yeah. yeah. I feel like she could do anything but action. But and that's that. not that's not like a knock on her ability to do like stunt stuff. She's just so tiny. But I guess so is Tom Cruise, right? So she could be the next Tom Cruise. Yeah, but but Tom Cruise they make him look bigger, so Yeah, you put her on like a I don't know that even <clears throat> if you put her on a milk crate if she'll look taller. She'll just look like a small person on a milk crate. Milk crate, yeah. Well, I wonder if because Top Gun two is finally coming out, I guess soon. I wonder if he had to sit on a phone book. That's true. That's true. Grimber says there's Ref Marsh and Ref Marsh classic stickers. That's true. 
That's true. It's like yeah. Coke, new Coke and classic Coke. Spinner Fox that, says Roman, but Roman wouldn't do it because if 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 Roman, Roman was already in one. He was, he was in, in one, one, but also if The Rock's not doing it anymore because of Vin Diesel, well, you know Roman's going to support the bloodline. He's not going to go in there and be a scab. You know what I mean? He's going to be all take The Rock's spot. No, he's going to say no. Nah. Hey, you fuck with the I bloodline. We the ones. You know? Who cares? Who cares? Because you know what? It's a lot of money. Yeah. He says Bailey could be Rodriguez's long lost sister. That could actually work. Or Mercedes Martinez could do something like that. Oh, be yeah. That'd be very badass. She also just looks mean. Bailey doesn't look mean. You know what I mean? She just looks nice. No. But Mercedes looks Mercedes mean. Mercedes can kill you. Shana. Yeah. She can kill you. Shayna Baszler yeah. looks like a mean person. Mm-hmm. Even Marina Shafir now has been looking really mean. Yeah, she's been looking mean. I have commentary on that when we get to that. All right, we'll get to that. All right. All right, enough fantasy booking the fi- the Fast and the Furious series. Let me start with the news. Uh, tremendous news came out this week. Very exciting stuff. Personally, could not be happier. Uh, this says, for immediate release, and it has the inspiration on the logo on the top left corner. It says, April 27, 2022. Great news. It says, former Impact Wrestling Knockouts World Tag Team Champions, the inspiration, Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay, confirmed today that they will be indefinitely stepping away from in-ring action the inspiration have been a great part of impact's knockouts roster and wonderful to work with said impact executive vice president scott demore casey and jesse are incredibly talented performers that's interesting verbiage Uh, everyone at impact wishes them every success in the future Uh, the inspiration issued a joint statement we first want to thank scott demore and the entire impact family We've had such an amazing experience working with the incredible Impact staff and roster. We will cherish these Impact memories forever. Uh, We are excited to start a new chapter in our lives and explore other opportunities that may come our way. And then uh, after that, Cassie Lee tweeted out uh, trying to make her dreams come true. Check out the pinned tweet. And she pinned a tweet from February of 2021 where she said she wants to star in a rom-com. I say good luck, more power to you. I do think it's interesting that they're that they're that they're stepping away from in-ring action. Uh, statement was all about impact. I also thought it was interesting as a WWE homer that the all the people who are sitting there talking about how them as the iconics was a, a misuse and how they didn't get a do or anything or thrive like they should have. And I can't help but wonder what more they truly could have done with them. They were the longest reigning tag team champions, and they ran those titles into the ground. They won those titles at WrestleMania against four incredible women's tag teams, to include Sasha and Bayley. They got a pin on Bayley, I think, in that one. Like They got a bunch of moments. So much so they were getting so much TV time. Peyton Royce at one point says... I want to do a singles run. So they said, we'll give you that too. And they gave her title shots and she yeah. did very poorly in those. And they fucking cut her. Like, a I think that they've had a thousand chances. This is the, the nine lives kind of concept. Like they're so charismatic and people backstage love them. And the fans think they're hysterical. So they were given chance after chance after chance, yeah. but the joke ran dry. I think is what happened. And they go to Impact. They immediately take the titles off of whoever was the champions then, completely undermining their entire women's tag division. 
and they've just been kind of floundering over there. Now they're stepping away, talking about how amazing Impact's always been to them, which is all fine. Yeah. I'm saying that because I love the petty stuff, <laughs> but I do think I do think there's probably potential that we could see them do stuff in Hollywood if that's the route they're going. I don't know if I see them as leads so much as, as side characters, right. but that could also be because of how they've been portrayed yeah. by even themselves for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I I hope that they're able to step out of the position they put themselves in as side characters and actually flourish in that. I think that wrestlers in Hollywood is a net positive, a good thing. Uh, Amanda Jane, what do you think about the ice inspiration? Wow. That's how they said it now, right? Because you went from iconics to inspiration. So did they do the the bird thing? Inspiration! Okay. Yep, they did. They did? Yep. Awful. You know what? Why do I feel <clears throat> like I'm going to see them this year at Christmas time in one of those Hallmark or Lifetime Christmas specials? That was the first thing I thought. Maybe was, Netflix? Was Hallmark and Lifetime have been cranking up movies like crazy? I thought maybe that's what's going on here. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. But that that's, you heard it here first. Yeah. That, I really they, honestly think so. Yeah. Spider Fox says mm-hmm. the CW. Uh, let's see. He could get and they could make it a storyline for WrestleMania. Oh, that's funny. Spinfox going back about the Roman and thing. He could take the Fast and the Furious spot and then make that their storyline for WrestleMania. Uh, and it says the women's part was going to go to Ronda Rousey. Uh, Grim Reaper says Ronda Rousey was in one also. Someone she like her needs to star. Ripley would no, be choice she wasn't. Too. And she was Spinfox a bodyguard. Spinfox says Wendy Chu could be the brains of of Build Tech for the FF gang. That actually okay. could work pretty good. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And Fox says best wishes to their future endeavors. Uh, yeah. But yeah. What do you think? Since you like petty things, <clears throat> other news report. So Saturday is yeah. the uh, final day of Joey Janela's AEW contract. Oh. And he put job applications, and he's going to go work for Arby's. <laughs> That's a good point. Jo- Joey Janela did say he got a, a, a bite for Arby's. Uh, mm-hmm. so he put an application. They're going to go ahead and bring him on board. His contract with AEW ends this Saturday. And, yeah, best of luck to the Arby's world. Tom Arnold has a great run with Arby's. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is because he wants one of those track suits. Because they were giving them to a lot of people. And oh, yeah. He was snowing. I remember those. I get it. But I want to know which one. I told him I want to know which one he worked at because you can hook me up on the extra meat. Outside beef and cheddar. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So nice to his, have friends. When does his NDA run out? Um, from what I have kind of been surmised. Um. He's got – he had to still be – like, when I saw him last, he still had to be pro AEW. Mm-hmm. Give him, like – I think it's only a month. Like a month. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, we'll see. But I also wonder who else is done on the 30th. Yeah. Because he was part of the first wave of signings, right? Mm-hmm. So there's got to yep. be a lot of people who are going to be up around then. Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt. We know Peter Avalon. Um, someone else said that they were gone to. Jack Evans is leaving. Jack Evans. That's who. But I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't, yeah, but I don't know if it was because his contract or whatever. Um, yeah. Trying to think of who else. I don't know, but yeah. it's we'll kind of sad because a lot of people, yeah, they brought on a lot of really good people. And um, maybe Cesar Benoni might be gone. I mean, some of these, some of those wingmen might be gone. Yeah. Except they'll keep Nemes because, you know. I'll tell you to me what is the what is sad it's not just because they brought in people who were um, good per, like quotes good just because that uh, good or bad is is usually opinion right there's only so much that can mm-hmm. be like fact good and entertaining right so uh, safe and fundamentally sound I think is is like the most non objection objectionable like or opinion based right but that's all just to say the thing sad about it is how utterly cool it was of AEW when they started to try and shine a light on these guys who either had already not been successful in WWE or never been offered anything by WWE, been turned down directly by WWE, and would never work in WWE. Like That was what was supposed to make AEW so special is it was not supposed to be just a, a uh, island of misfit toys. It was supposed to be a proof that the status quo isn't the only avenue of success. And here's a bunch of people that people were very excited to see on a larger platform because they knew that the status quo platform, the WWE would never give them that platform. So it's really sad that at this point they've gone so far away from that, that a lot of the people who were marquee names when they signed on and said, look it, this is how we're different. We've signed these people. That's proof that we're different they're not resigning them so it goes okay so how are you different and they go just because we have different colors like you know what i mean like the differences become more blurred at that point you know mm-hmm. like so it's for me yeah i mean it's sad because that's what it was supposed to be in the beginning but now you're hiring every almost every ex wwe person that comes that gets put on the chopping block yep or who felt like, oh, I need, you know, I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. I didn't have my freedom. And it takes away a lot of things from people, which that kind of bothers me because there's enough programming they have for everyone to have a little something. Yes. But what do I know? And even the whole, like, the whole hiring WWE conversation, I think that is... Uh, a misinterpretation by people who who criticize it, right? So I think that maybe it's even a misplaced verbiage, right? Oh, we're hiring; they're hiring a lot of ex WWE. I think to me the highlight that people aren't talking about is that yes, they're people who are trained who are on the market and they have star power because they were in WWE or the machine was buying them or whatever. What it does do when AEW picks up people out of WWE is it doesn't show a strength in the indie wrestling right like when we first saw AEW, it was the super indies it was all the indie guys being stars in their own right and when they start flushing the indie guys out and start replacing them with wwe guys it's those wwe guys are not indie guys they may have started at the indies but they're not anymore they're now mainstream guys and it's about bringing in mainstream names versus the indie guys and I think there's got to be a better balance. And you're right. It's, it's a lot more of, hey, anyone who's been mainstream, we're going to keep mainstream. And less about bringing indie guys into the mainstream. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think now if they need to bring women in. Yeah. 
I mean, if you're gonna, you know, because that's obviously a very weak, weak point with AEW. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. That's, is what it is. Uh, Spinner Fox says he heard Jack Evans talking on his Twitch about an event in Texas. He goes, maybe MLW. I hope it's not the CYN. I bet you it is the CYN, dude. Yeah. Uh, hey, here's the thing with CYN. Okay. This is my opinion. Uh, Funny everyone's shitting on them. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think that that group of people are going to steer away from why they're putting that together. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think that you got to give them that for it. You know, you got to give them that credit. Like yes. I'm thinking here, you know, look what happened with AEW. It's not the same at all. And you, you obviously with Cody leaving and that it's not, it's like you have a little, I don't know, you have a little dictator back there, you know, who's got a lot of money, yeah. and, you know, that's a good point. I think severe ADD problems or something. I don't know, but you know, it, it's it's weird because it's now changed into something different. I think that CYN is not going to do that. Yeah, for better or for worse, CYN from... is a like-minded place, and all the people who are in charge of it are very like-minded and. Their vision is likely to remain their vision for a long period of time. So, yeah. if it turns out it's not your product, you don't have to have to watch it. But if it is your product, at least it's like going to remain so. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And those are all guys who weren't getting offers by other pl- people, so far as we can tell, anyways. And it gives them some place to go and some place to work, and they do have fans. And you know, there's definitely a positive outlook for CYN existing. Yeah. At the same time, if you go, I don't like CYN, I don't want to support them, so when people I like go there, I won't watch them, like, okay, that's also fine, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like, Flip Gordon is wrestling for them a little bit here and there. Yeah. You know, he hasn't decided what, you know, he's going to do yet. I had heard there was some inklings about him with WWE, mm. but I don't know. He said that. I heard a year first, um, but I don't know. It's a big mystery. And, um, but I really think that, you know, it's, it's interesting. I don't, I don't think of them as, you know, in the scope of like, you know, impact and AW and ring of tone. I'm sorry, ring of honor. Sorry. Um, (laughs) um, I don't see them that way. It's just another big indie production. I mean, there are some that are out there, like Warrior Wrestling, that are so big yeah. that, you know, that and a PWG, I mean, that's the kind of thing it is. It's these big whatevers. Yeah, and it's unfortunately, a big local indie spot. Yeah, and unfortunately, people, you know, don't like it because of their political views. And again, I'm like, if, you know, now if I knew that, let's say, who's someone I like? Trent Beretta. I heard that Trent Beretta was a a white supremacist. Yeah, that would make me kind of question being a fan. Yeah. But, you know, if he, or if, let's say he, I probably wouldn't be a fan, but if he really leaned toward the right and he's one of those Antifa people, you know, that that's kind of, well, I don't know, that's kind of hard because... It just kind of is. So I try not to do that. I got to give them the benefit of the doubt. 
Yeah. But again, it's the whole cancel culture and people I think are just too sensitive and it called what I like to call it is the snowflake culture. Huh. I mean, for me, it's, it's comprised of mostly people I was never massive fans of to begin with. So they're all kind of yeah. together doing the thing and I go, oh, good for them. You know, it's good for yeah. them. They're doing their thing. I don't have to be involved in it. Like, I don't have to, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't bother me. It's, you know, good on them, you know? Uh, but you're right. It's not much more than just a small indie promotion and people are blowing it up. Uh, Spin Fox says he blames Punk for all the non-renewals. He believes Punk is going to run AEW to the ground. And he says he's going to see it in a book down the road. Um, he says he wishes Kip would have jumped the rail during his mic time and whooped him. I don't know what he's... I do, too. I do, too. Did you see the guy with the cardboard box on his head? That's oh, Kip. yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. I was waiting for Kip to do that. Yeah, Splinter Fox says, why would it be Kip? In the box? No, to jump up. Like, I mean, does Kip, does he have Well, no, because he would keep, well, when you, his character right now, I don't even know if you want to call it a character, is he's like, he's like a vanished person. They don't use him. So yeah. he's kind of, I don't know if it's his doing or what, I, that I don't know, but that's his, that's been his thing for a while. And this was probably starting right after the whole wedding thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, but why would he be the one to jump CM Punk? Like, I'm just saying, like, is there an issue between Kip and Punk or are you just no, saying because he was no. there and you could see him? You, well, I think it's because you could see him there. Okay. And if that that could have been a shocking moment of, oh my God, Kip's taking advantage of stealing someone's airtime. Yeah. And it would just be another person to feed the CM Punk. Yeah, that's true too. So, Fox which, says they're going away from the indie guys now. He uh, doesn't think Tony should bring in more females just because he doesn't know how to uh, deal with them, how to work with them. Uh, well, he finally brought Deanna Perrazzo. Did he? To fight, oh, she and... Um, and Mercedes, they're going to have a a match for the belt. When? Oh, God. I saw it on Dynamite, but I can't remember what is it going to be on a rampage? Um, I think it's on Dynamite okay. next week, maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm going to run through this real quick. Spinner Fox says, no super kips. How's Flip going to survive? <laughs> Just with mid-rope splashes. Uh, he goes, I'm not going to lie, the Flip and Marty IG stories are fire. Those bits are more like the OG BTE. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I love them. Yeah. He says, congrats Marty. on becoming a new women's warrior last... champ. Mm-hmm. The last time uh, he was on BTE, it was the last image you saw them. Yeah. He says, the match is next Dynamite. So that's good. He bring in Deanna, have her take a loss, and then be done with her. That's what's going to yep. happen. Yeah. But... <laughs> Hopefully she's not drama backstage. Mm. Yeah, time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, you want to talk AEW before we get into the yeah. other stuff? I mean, we're kind yeah. of going through. Yeah. Let's talk AEW. There we go. There we go. AEW. Yep, Rampage. Results. I'm going to pull up. It, on our on WrestlingOnTheRocks.com, if you go there now, you can see there's a recaps tab. I've started recapping the shows I'm watching. I did not include AEW because I don't think... Uh, because i got to, like, stay watching it while I'm doing it. And with AEW, I'm a little in and out. And I don't think it's totally fair. 
so I'm recapping Raw, NXT, and SmackDown on there. But it is just basically a recap. Very little opinion. There is some opinion. But mo- for the most part, it's this is what has happened. So that way we have our notes for our own show. But also, if you want uh, to check it out uh, because you didn't want to watch the shows or missed them, and they're there with photos and stuff like that too. So um, as I pulled up Rampage results, there was uh, a few matches here. Oh, yeah, yeah Ishii and Adam Cole. What do you think? I want to say in my dark the dark recesses of my mind that I swear they've faced each other, but it's probably in a tag. And um, like Chaos and Bullet Club. Yeah. But that's boring. That's not a good person for Adam Cole to face if you were to face anybody in New Japan. I would probably like a a Bushi or not Coda, but Bushi from um, uh, LIJ or um, even Hiromu, man, because they're both that junior size. Yeah. That would be one hell of a match, I think. But again, I don't book this shit. Yeah. You know, so. Uh was there any was, I mean I thought it was fine uh, but it, again I just not into most of Adam Cole's matches it was just kind of neat to see Ishii because I've never really seen him before uh, I mean yeah. I know I've seen him a couple times here and there but it was neat to see him do a little something oh, but if you um, want to see a really cool Ishii match um, from the one I think it was what was it two weeks ago that New Japan did in Chicago mm-hmm. um, Ishii versus uh, Suzuki oh that was brutal. You got to watch it. It was really good. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's very, very Japanese strong style. Yeah. And, um, but if you want to see two dudes really beat the shit out of each other, and it was in a way like if th- I, it's kind of like if Walter had another big guy who was kind of old. And they went back and forth and battled. That's kind of what I I was compare that to, mm. but it was pretty badass. Murder Grandpa just kicks them ass, and that's why if you watch that match, you can tell that's why he scares me. Mm. <laughs> He's right. sadistic. But was there anything on Rampage that you thought was a standout? Because really, as I'm looking at the matches that were on there, I remember not thinking no. much of any of them to be honest. But I will say this: I think it was stupid with Marina Shafir mm-hmm. to throw her to Jade Cargill because yeah. it looked like at one point Jade Cargill with that table spot, I think she injured yeah. Marina. And I was yeah. like, what the hell? And the baddies, I'm going to have to shake my head. You're putting wrestlers as those baddies that are dressing up. Yeah. So I think you need to come clean with that. And if you're doing it, it's fine. But she was also kind of trying to make the public feel like, oh, you know, I can be a baddie. Because you know what? I'm a fucking bad bitch. You can put me in that front row. Oh, yeah. All day. Uh, All day. And there are probably people in the back who yep, yep, she's a fucking baddie. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably more bad than Jade Cargill. I just don't look yoked. Yeah. I think the thing that... I think the thing that I'm most disappointed about with Jade's run is that they just feed all the most, the highest potential actual 
wrestlers to her. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and I, I completely understand. And I know I've seen people completely disagree with the idea of calling it a Goldberg esque run. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that they're missing the point because their whole argument, I think, is that Goldberg did two moves and that was it. She's having long matches, which, for one, the matches are too long. Uh, they probably should be shorter. But for two, the idea is that it's the feed me more gimmick. It's the the who's next gimmick. It's the I'm going to run through everyone who shouldn't be a jobber and all the jobbers. But, like, you had Marina Shafir. You had Ruby Riot. Like, every time they bring in somebody with a bunch of fanfare they'll go oh we'll feed her to jade cargill make jade cargill fluff her numbers you know what i mean like yeah and i wouldn't be surprised if she did injure injure marina so far as i can tell every jade match i've watched it looks like she's hurt somebody somehow you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like she Mm -hmm. needs a lot of work she's got a lot of potential star power and a ton of charisma and has an awesome look but also they're putting too much on her plate too fast and i think that it shows yeah and she's got fantastic trainers yeah i know um Dustin, I guess people were ragging on on her yeah. and her training. And I guess uh, Dustin the other day had said, you know, th- he's like, I don't get the IWC. You know, they bitch about everything and, and whatnot. So yeah. he was a little disappointed with people. And, you know, it's like, yeah. so what? She's got, you know, she's going through training and getting better. Yeah. but And it takes time. But at the yeah. same time. One of the things that uh, we've always historically been a little upset about is when you're watching on-the-job training, right? Like when you yeah. see someone become champion and then learn how to be a champion as opposed to making someone championship material and putting a title on them. Like it can be very frustrating from a fan standpoint to see someone mm-hmm. be touted as the best in their division and just be clearly not close to the best of their division no. And I think that's the IWC's gripe in a, in, a, in a nutshell is, yes, it takes time to learn it. So why are we pretending she's the top? You know what I mean? Like, because yeah, so I, much... I saw the tweet. Dustin's like, oh, it took me a long time too. Yeah, you weren't world champion the first day. You didn't mm-hmm. give you the IC t- championship right away. Like no. her fourth match, she was a champion. Like her fourth ever match. You're right. It did take you time. And then it also took you time to be highlighted in a sense that, reflected what you've learned she's been that's what i meant by too much too soon you know mm-hmm. go ahead um, you know and not only just that too but i think that they have so many really good women you know that it's like what are you doing you know because it yeah. seems like they really highlight the bad and not the good yeah yeah they see they potential with people who aren't ready and then they'll put them on top as opposed to being like these people are ready now like, they're mm-hmm. doing it backwards, right? So, yeah. typically, how you see a lot of stuff booked is the veterans are the ones carrying the show, and you give the rookies to them to work with in programs as they get better, and eventually, the veterans will step aside and make room for them to be surpassed, right? Mm-hmm. He's doing it totally backwards, where he goes, let's put the rookies on top and have the veterans work with them from beneath them and just lose in these short matches and stuff. And, like, it's not elevating the other, the rookies. It's not. It's just highlighting their weaknesses, which is probably why most people have never done it that way. Yeah. Uh, Spinner Fox says he was disappointed by uh, AEW this week and said the Marina and Jade match was stupid. He says, having the baddies with Jade makes her look uh, weak having help. Plus, the baddies are all people that lost to Jade, which is true, Mm -hmm. too. You're all like, oh, I want help from the ones I've beat the shit out of. 
Uh, and then he also says, Hook is a letdown, too. Why is he not paired with Dan Housen? I've just been not all that interested in Hook, to be honest, from at any point. I will say this. When I heard Hook speak, I was like, good God. Yeah. The voice. Is it a weird Why voice? Why are you speaking? No, it's a good voice. Mm. I was like... It's a good voice? Yeah. As you're wasting it. <laughs> you're wasting it. <laughs> I don't think the kid's good, very good looking. Hashtag, Yeah. Um, he's in good shape, but well, yeah. But when I heard him speak, I'm like, "Hi." Yeah. <laughs> Listen. My ears were like, "Woo!" Yeah. I got I'm big listening. wicky shark ears. Yeah. Baby new year. But no, that was to see. I think what is it? Rampage is getting that this week. Danhausen versus Hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't be less interested in that match. No, no. No. Speaking of pe- feeding people to people. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Was, I mean, right there. Yeah, I but it's fine because Dan Housen, I don't think, he's not there to to win. I don't know why he's yeah. there. Yeah, they don't. He's like inserting himself in places. Yeah. It's kind of bizarre. Oh, especially since <coughs> it's not a match, it's a talking segment. Oh my god, that's worse. What? Alright. Some sort of talk show thing, I guess. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, so here's the thing. Here's my takeaway this week too. I because I don't watch everything all the time, and I know of Daniel Garcia, and I haven't like watched him. Watched him. I watched him in a match and do a promo this week, and I was so disappointed in what I was seeing. His match was well, fine. His promo was garbage. I was mm-hmm. like, this is the person that everyone wanted with with Brian uh, Brian Danielson and. And Mox and Regal, this was supposed to be the guy who they wanted to be in Utah's spot. And I was like, he's well, a cartoon already. Jericho just that, destroys people's ability to talk. He, he does. And you know what's really awful is I've had the privilege of seeing Daniel Garcia quite a few times mm-hmm. before he got signed. And yeah. then, you know, now I can't work Fridays. So, yeah. Um, but I've seen him and. It's like he's so good. He's a great yeah. technical wrestler. I think that's why with Danielson they wanted him to go into that realm. Because yeah. he does have a little bit of strong style. He also has that technical ability. But you're with Jericho. And like I think they let Jericho cherry pick people. And he cherry picked yeah. this guy and put him with those obnoxious people 2.0. Which, oh God, that just... I don't know who I can't stand more, them or um, Billy Gunn's kids. Yo, their fake yeah. accents are so stupid. I know. It's dumb. But and Daniel Garcia. More funny, is, and they all think they're hysterical. Yeah. Daniel Garcia is just, unfortunately for him, his career is going to kind of be screwed. Yeah, it's going to be Just take on the point of. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he, yeah. You can't get that off of you. Yeah. If people think you're jokey, they're not going to take him seriously. So, yeah. like, if you go to PWG, because he's wrestled, I think he's wrestling there again, the next one. I don't know. I'm not going. But just thinking of that, it's like, you can't, I can't take him seriously with the stupid Kangol hat and the wife beater and the, you know. I'm like, you know what's funny <laughs> is, uh, so on our Wednesday night, uh, drinks with sports beard he has a he's starting to sort of warm up a little bit to butch but really not he doesn't really like butch uh the new presentation of pete dunn 
And he talks mm-hmm. about how he looks like a little scrawny dude who's angry for no reason that he feels like he could beat up. You know what I mean? Which is also a good heel trait to be someone who mm-hmm. people think they could beat up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, people talk about that with Miz. You know, that's one of the things that made Miz such a popular heel so fast is everyone said, I could beat him up. He's a reality guy, right? Well, so, also, not only that with Miz, I think with Miz, too, is because he was on TV before, he already had that comfort level with a microphone. Sure, but this like isn't that. about Miz. We're not talking about Miz. I was just oh, I know, I know, a but brief, I'm just saying. Yeah, a brief but I, I get it. It was just a brief moment of, of beat a, people who you could beat up heels, right? Uh, I mean, that was also the thing with Ric Flair. It was always like he always cheated, and people said if he didn't cheat, I could beat him up, right? Mm-hmm. On In turn, I was thinking about that with Daniel Garcia. Mm-hmm. He comes off as a twerp who thinks he's tough, who really comes off as not tough at all. Where with Butch, mm-hmm. he comes off as a dude who you think might be undersized, but you also see him do stuff and you go, oh, he's actually also a killer. I don't think I would want to cross him. You know what I mean? He's coming mm-hmm. off hyper-aggressive. Daniel Garcia comes off as jokey-aggressive. Like his stupid mm-hmm. like flinch, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I was like, this dude is the kind of moron at a bar that you watch the the bouncer come over and just like pick up and walk away with like mm-hmm. I feel like fighting him would be like in that scene in Spaceballs where they just he just put his hand on the other guy's head and he just couldn't mm-hmm. get forward he's swinging at the air because yep. his hand was yeah that's what mm-hmm. I feel like yeah they do West Coast Pro all those guys make fun of him they've been making fun of him every week really that's the highlight well because this is just such a departure from yeah. what like everyone knew and you know um because like i guess yesterday someone's like oh god hope he didn't burn that kangle hat i think it was yeah, the owner <laughs> i think scott who's the owner of west coast pro said that i'm like that's funny yeah but they but you know he it's it's a shame now the other guys that are in this jericho appreciation bullcrap yeah they're not gonna go anywhere anyways yeah, kind of like no. they're the Sean Spears of that organization. It's it's weird, man. It's weird. I was just I was really uh, I don't know. I guess we're not talking about Jericho appreciation yet, but uh, yeah, I was just disappointed. And this match with Eddie Kingston was fine, uh, but it was yeah. it, didn't, it didn't stand out to me as much of anything, and I couldn't get into it. And I think part of that's also because of, of all the stuff they've done to effectively ruin Eddie Kingston. And we'll talk about more about that on yeah. Dynamite too. Because I feel like he's, it's getting worse with him, too. Yeah. Terrorbox says he'll be more professional if he's on Wednesdays because it was too easy for him to upset Sportsbeard. That was kind of funny, too. I couldn't help but laugh afterwards, too. I was like, you guys are both calling each other names, and someone took offense and someone didn't. And it's like, this is kind of dumb. I did. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, anything else on Rampage? You want to talk Dynamite? Um. No, there's really nothing on Rampage that, yeah. Like, it's also one of those things where people talk about, one of the things that I've seen people quantify is people's minutes on network. That was funny. Spencer Fosse, he got worked. He goes, it was fun, but too easy. I agree. <laughs> he definitely got worked by that. I was like, nah. Um, they quantify, like, the minutes people have on TV, right? And so something mm-hmm. even even brought up. Because Becky Lynch made this comment this week saying that uh, the AEW women's division isn't getting the recognition that it should by its own company. They're not getting the same time that they get. 
-hmm. and they're not getting highlighted and even said, I have a good friend over there, Ruby Soho. I want to see her as a champion someday. Like she was the only one in the AW roster that she put over. And she was talking about how the company's not showing them the respect and giving them the time that they deserve, which also got Mm -hmm. a ton of people in a big tizzy saying, how could she say this? And you're like, well, because it's obvious to everyone. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) she would say it because it doesn't, because it's not a surprise to hear. Uh, Someone quantified that Ruby Soho has had eight minutes national TV time in the past 80 days and has only wow. had, like, two televised matches since she signed a year ago. Uh, like, two or three. But She's I think also... Yeah, and when you watch yeah. Rampage, it's easy to see why it gets the lowest ratings of any televised wrestling. It does better than NXT sometimes still, but not always anymore. It's a lot more back and forth if you even look at their ratings. They're really back and I mean, Rampage often gets less than 500. NXT's not doing amazing. I mean, they get like 6, 7 most of the time, but it's dipped below there. But, like, um, that's not to try and, like... I'm just saying I'm not trying to be biased in that, that realm. It's just that when you watch Rampage, so much of it is so throwaway that it almost doesn't feel like you're watching national TV. It feels like you're watching an hour of YouTube or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when people even quantify, oh, national TV time is important, and then the person gets put on Rampage, and people go, why are they not on Dynamite? Why are they on Rampage? Well, it's national TV time. It's all the same. Kind of not. It's not being treated that way. It's not being looked <clears throat> that way. It's not. There's nothing about it that makes you think this is important. And I haven't watched a full episode of Rampage in a long time. So I did today. Today I watched both Dynamite, and then right after Dynamite was on, Rampage came on because that's how my DVR had saved them. And I was like, fuck it, I'll let it play through. I watched it. Are you leaving forever? Alright. I was just checking if you're going forever. I thought she was leaving me, walking oh out God. on me. You know how it goes. Uh oh. You never know. You gotta check. She's on strike. You gotta check. Yeah, she could be on strike at any oh minute. She's gonna unionize. Unionize this. I know it. I know it. We need healthcare benefits. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so watching it after after Dynamite, I was kind of like, these are very different shows. Dynamite felt like a lot of stuff was happening that was at least important to them, right? This were moving storylines along. Rampage felt like a leftovers thing. These are matches that we promised people we would put on, and so we have to put them somewhere. But it didn't feel like it mattered. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, real, definitely. And I think it'll be very interesting. If Ring of Honor gets a TV deal, how that's going to play against um, Rampage? That's because true. if it outshines Rampage, because remember, Ring of Honor never really—I don't call Sinclair TV a major thing, um, especially the West Coast never really got it anyway. But I think that that's the true test yeah. to see. Is what's going to be more, you know, accepted. Mm-hmm. Then, unfortunately, if they're going to do Ring of Honor, it's going to be weird. Because we go to one of these tapings, you're probably adding another two hours. That's true, too. I do think that, based off everything I've heard Tony say about it, and I listen to his interviews, because I kind of have to nowadays, but... Uh, I don't get the impression we're definitely seeing it on TV. I definitely got the impression in everything he said that he was viewing it the way that um, he literally compared it to NXT 2.0. 
he had asked all the wrestling media around him saying, like, oh, uh, you guys preferred black and gold to NXT 2.0, right? And everyone's like, yeah, we do, obviously. And he, goes, he actually didn't say it that way. He actually was much nicer about it. Did you, did, did you guys like black and gold? And they said, yes. Do you guys like 2.0? And it was like a grumble. And he goes, show of hands who liked black and gold more, right? He was really diplomatic about it to be, like, trying to be on the same page with them that he understands what's going on. And he said, now... Conversely, do you think NXT 2.0 is more along the lines of the vision of Vince McMahon and what he perceives should be on his national television show and what he likes to produce? And everyone was like, yes, we definitely see that. And he goes, right. And he's like, for better or for worse, it's on par now. It's training people now to be ready for the big one, right? He's like, that's why I'm going to book ROH. Is what he said. He's viewing ROH as an NXT 2.0. He wants it to be his own vision that will get people ready for AEW. It's just what it's going to be. So well, I don't know that it'll get a TV show. I don't know if it's going to be anything more than YouTube. So I don't he changed know. his mind. It's what he said Already. in the scrum after he bought it. But he's changed his mind. Because then he's like, oh no, I'm getting a deal. I'm talking to Warner. I'm like, okay, oh. dude, like... As far as where it's gonna... As far as, like, where it was all gonna be streaming, everything I've I've heard him say is that uh, his media partners are great and they're trying to figure out what's going on. So it could end up in a small segment. It might take over Rampage. It could end up somewhere, right? But it also might not. And even if it doesn't up somewhere, is it gonna be that much different than AEW 2.0? Dark 2.0? A valuable you know I mean? name, Ring of Honor, especially because that's the... Area where AEW seems to like to um, frequent. Yep. Yep. You know, and it's really interesting that um, they did have some eight, uh, some Ring of Honor alums like Cheeseburger wrestled yeah. um, the other day. And I'm like, are you testing people out? Are you really going to bring them back? Because there were some good people that had gotten signed. Alex Zane. Apparently, him and Swerve had an amazing match. I didn't see it, yeah. but he's definitely not bringing um, them back. No, and that's really that's sad. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Spinner Fox does say in terms or in response to the Ruby Soho stuff that Ruby's seen majority in Eddie Kingston segments, holding him back or seeing how bad he got hurt mm-hmm. this time. He goes, "It's a joke how bad she's being wasted." People' response is that she's on dark. He, he says, "Yeah, I know, but what?" Uh, but so what? Those matches don't mean a damn thing. I think that's what people's frustration is, is Ruby Soho's ready for national TV. She's ready for prime time. And they're putting her on dark, and people are like, oh, it's how they get ready. Like, no. Like, she's not... She shouldn't be there. Like, you're... She's been there a year, and you're telling me she's still learning how to do things the AEW way? Mm -hmm. I mean, she didn't spend that much time in NXT before ending up on Raw. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. Mm. Uh, he does say, I have to say the ROH title means more than the AEW titles at this moment. FTR, ROH tag champs, TV champs, Samoa Joe, ROH champion, Grisham. It's a good point. I'm more, uh, I, I mean, I've definitely been, like, if you ask me who the AEW tag champions are, it took me a while. We talked about it the other day. It took me a while to remember it was Jungle Express. But if you'd asked me who the ROH tag champions are, I immediately knew it was FTR. Like, um, yeah, Samoa Joe, the TV champion. Well, we're going to see and new. We're going to see yeah. and new, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. 
Uh, Spinner Fox says, for fuck's sake, Tony's going to have a meltdown doing all this stuff. Football, NFL, Dynamite, now ROH, he's biting up more than he can chew. That's what I love about it, dude. The thing is, is you can chew a lot uh, when you when you have a lot of coke. You stay up late. Remember, he has a footy club, too. He's got. The, that's what he said, football. Oh, oh, I, I didn't know. When he I hear football, it I thought he And he speculates that you're leaving me for Butch, producer. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and speaking of ROH Tag yeah. Champions, like, let's talk mm-hmm. about it. The opening match on Dynamite. Beautiful. Dax Hardwood versus Cash Wheeler. Tell me what you thought first, and then I'll uh, I'll get into it. At first, I thought, what the hell is Tony Khan smoking? <laughs> when they announced it, I'm like, what, what the hell? But I get it. When I, After I saw the match, I was like, no, I get it. It probably was in a long time. I think it was one of the better matches that has been on Dynamite um, in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting that um, for people who don't really know FTR very well, it really highlighted how good they are. They're good by individually and they're good together, being better together. Mm-hmm. And I've watched it twice now. I can't say that about a lot of a, a lot of AEW matches that I've watched like twice and because it was that good <clears throat> I'll put that preference with preference uh, preface it with that but um, I think that it just was it was everything and more and it blew me away from what I was expecting because I thought oh this is going to be jokey and then when they came out you know at the same time had their entrance and then the gear, I was like, oh, this is great. I mean, you can tell how much love they have. And, yeah. you know, and I think that it, it wanted, if, because um, who won? Was it Dax? Uh, Dax Harwood won, yeah. Yeah, I think I really want him to be in the final. Just because. but He's the only I one I think I'd be comfortable with winning. Yeah. So far out of everyone that I've considered to be in there and potential wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He's the only one that I'm like, yeah, that I think that he should win it. Yeah. Uh, That's my pick. Here's my thoughts on it. First okay. off, I do think Tony is high for putting this on as a qualifier match. This should have been two or three matches in. They both um, should have gone in, Jamie qualified Hader. for it. That's what I mean. The Jamie Hayter match with Tony being the first match of the tournament. Like, when people want a match, he has no fucking patience there's no anticipation and they didn't even advertise this much last week the graphic popped up i looked at it to read it and it disappeared it was on for two or three seconds mm-hmm. and i was like wait what and i had to go on their fucking thing to find the graphic to be like are they really doing a match or is it like a are they talking about the tournament right so it was a fucking match. Yeah. I thought the video package they put together on Rampage for the promoting of the match on Dynamite was actually cool. But you do that two to three brackets in. You go, oh my god, I can't believe these two dudes are actually going to face off. And the Owen Hart tournament means that much to both of them. 
this one was so thrown together, it was like, trust me, it means a lot. Trust me, I like Owen. And then, boom, now we're colliding to see who gets in the tournament. Two dudes yeah. obsessed with Bret Hart, and you don't want both of them in the Owen Hart tournament? Like, fuck off. And dude. Do this, yeah, do this two, three matches in. And then it get, then it means something. This felt so thrown together. Second, uh, secondly, Spinner Fox mentioned in here, why the fuck did, does Punk have to be there? A thousand percent. I was oh, so annoyed that Punk that. was on commentary. His commentary yeah. in this match was absolutely garbage. He kept fucking talking over everyone like he was fucking important. He brought literally nothing to the story. And, and see, that's just... Chris Jericho on Rampage. Yeah. It was the worst commentary that I've ever heard Punk do. I don't think that he's half bad. I don't think he's amazing. But this is one where I was like, what the fuck is he talking about and why? Shut up. Like, he felt Mm -hmm. so out of place and just so full of himself that I just, I was fucking over it just listening to him. Spin Fox even said he switched the commentary over to Spanish at one point. Yeah. Do we need to have Colt Cabana come and do commentary to show Phil what good good wrestling commentary is when you have a wrestler? Again, Cabana's always been better. Yeah. Spinner Fox it, brings it up too. Darby up. and Swerve's a qualifying match too. All of these hyped up matches are qualifying matches. The like that's the whole fucking point of the tournament is to get matches that you're anticipating or didn't think you'd otherwise get. Not that it was booked that way, especially a tag team like Dax and Cash. I'm no booker, but at the end of the day, you don't just book them against each other because fuck it, why wouldn't I? You put them in a scenario. Where now they're forced to have a match competitively for something that matters. This was a slap in the face to FTR, if you ask me. By just saying, you guys are having a match because one of you was getting in the tournament. Only one of you. Fuck, that's not a story. It's no. not anticipation. No, I'll say this. <clears throat> because I think I'm a booker. Well, I'm an influencer. Because yes, I've influenced influencer. many matches you see out there. And people are always, oh, those are, that was a great match. But, mm. Yeah. From my brain, people just pick yeah. at it. That's why people watch, look at social media, which I know in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah. But it just is dumb because I'm sitting here like, you're going to have Darby and Swerve. Like, when they, I mean, not to, you know, like, undermine what Tony's trying to do, but these are men that had an incredible series of matches mm-hmm. in their respective home area at Defy. And I mean, these are things that brought tore the house down. And you're going to do this like, you're going to blow your load now. Sorry, yeah. dirty reference. But but I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Because it's He's like. He's just shotgunning it. And then if you don't, particularly, you're like, oh, I really wanted Swerve to win, you know, and, you know, they fed him the yeah. Derby. You know, yeah. you're like, well, why do I care anymore? Yeah. Like, it, yeah, there's no. There's no real anticipation. No, with it. it's just I want this match. We're gonna do this match now because mm-hmm. it. and it yeah. feels like you're playing with your toys or playing on a video game. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But, I'll be right so thirdly, back. the match was really good, but it also I'd almost uh, like I want to say it was good, but it was almost more fun than good because it wasn't a fucking FTR match. They did. Every Bret Hart and Owen Hart move they could do in the same sequences that those guys did it. The beginning, like, several minutes was Owen Hart versus Bret Hart WrestleMania 10. Mm -hmm. 
Then there was a whole bunch of spots from other Brett stuff. Like, And I get it. They're huge Brett fans. You're in the ONR tournament. How fun. And it was fun. And I did watch it. I watched it twice, too. Because yeah. it was cool to see. But I'm also watching a show that does this every week now. Who's going to do the Bret Hart match? Cosplay, it's cover band shit. <laughs> like, show that you're inspired without being... Influenced, not... Yeah. Like yeah, If you're, it, it's different between being influenced and just trying to copy. Mm-hmm. And this was another cover band match. And these are two of the best dudes who could do it. Yeah. I wished it was them and not punk all the time. But this is a channel where it's punk every week doing Bret Hart matches. And now you have two dudes doing a Bret Hart match. It feels watered down. And I think that that's not even the fault of them. If if Punk hadn't been doing all those fucking cover matches, then when these two dudes do it, I'd have been like, that's cool. Those are the right guys to do that. Mm-hmm. But now it's happening every week where you go, another fucking Bret Hart match. Like, if I want to watch Bret Hart matches, believe me, I go back and watch them. I wonder what Bret Hart thinks. He probably thinks it's very flattering. I'm sure. I've never heard an old-timer say that people using their old moves and their old little sequences as a nod wasn't flattering. But as a fan, there's only so much of you flattering the old-timers with their... I don't mean old-timers in a dismissive way. Just like classic wrestlers. I don't mean it in such a way that's like, hey, you shouldn't, and it's bad. It's just that there's also overdoing it. And this show is overdoing it. And it sucks that they've overdone it because these are the two dudes who should do it and this is the exact scenario they should be doing it, and this is exactly the time we should be saying why it's cool when it happens, but instead it's watered down by Punk doing it every week so, for no reason. So you think that new, younger fans aren't even going to go back and watch Brett? They're just going to think... Yeah, no, they're not going to back watch Brett. They're not. Mm-hmm. As opposed to saying Brett's a huge influence on me, it's amazing. Go watch Go him. watch his stuff. They're going, just watch us. We'll do his matches again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Uh, Swin Fox says, why are they doing Brett instead of Owen? Which is true. It's also, they they did a lot of Owen versus Brett. So they were doing Owen with Brett. You know what I mean? Which is, you know. Uh, and then Swin Fox is speculating if Tony's even just trying to kiss Brett's ass to get him to be out there for the finals. Um, which, I don't know. Maybe. I feel like it's coming from the talent. Again, this match was done perfectly by these dudes. But at this point, it means less because it's another Bret Hart match again. And I watch Bret Hart matches all the time. So I noticed it right away. I was like, oh. Yeah. Here we go. Like. Yeah. Well, I'm sure if Tony was going to open up the wallet a little bit more, Brett will come. You don't need to, you know. He was there to to show the title for the first time, remember? Double or nothing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was there for that. I know, but I wonder how much they paid him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Plus he was, and he also already. wasn't he at Starcast too? Yeah, he was Starcast. He was already in town, so he'd make money. He made more money too, on top of yeah, yeah. Even Spinifex says he doesn't think the younger wrestling fans will watch Brett. He goes old school HBK matches. They can't compute. What are they watching? Oh. Yeah, I don't think they are. And I mean, maybe that's part of like I don't know. I just I was bummed by seeing this happen again on a match that should have meant more and. But it was cool. I did watch it twice as well because I was like, these guys are so good. They're just so yeah. good. That's why, I think it's also why it disappointed me that, to me, it felt like as good as this could have been and been perceived, and it's getting good reviews, which is as well it should, I felt like a lot of it was watered down because of how this company has been handling that kind of shit before. You know? 
Like yeah. I see potential for it having mattered so much more than it actually is going to end up mattering. No one's going to talk about that match mm-hmm. in three months, two months, probably. Yeah. Probably three weeks. Uh, but that also was the highlight of the show. So mm-hmm. everything after that got worse. Yeah. Well, I will say this is, you know, it's true, but I will say this. I thought it was nice that at least we get to give Ruby Soho some national TV time. Oh, yeah. Ruby Soho got to cut that promo with Tony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was cool I'm still really. Ruby, but... I know, but I'm still really mad about this whole, you're giving us Tony and Jamie Hayter now. Yes. So this is going to mean that probably Britt Baker is going to be in your finals, and that's, you know, oh, you or she might be, and it might be her and Hayter. And Hater beats her. And that's going to start that whole thing. But it's like, can we stop with the Britt Baker stuff, please? Yeah. It's getting very boring. I don't know what's worse. Her or her old man being on TV all the time. It's great to see Kyle and Bobby Fish, but don't get me wrong. But there's too much Adam Cole Bebe for my taste. Story come with Bebe. No, yeah. no, please, no. No. Yeah. But, yeah, no, um, the show just was, that should have really, I know, obviously, that ladder match was going to end up being the main event anyways because of the the title and stuff, but that match, it's a good way to open the show. Yeah. And in a way, it's also a curse because if I didn't really watch the product, I would have probably not watched anything else because then the next thing I'd be like, oh turn it off yeah it definitely I mean it just got worse and worse and Punk's promo afterwards I thought was lame and oh do not start me on that it's like why are you why are you talking and then also Hangman Page is a babyface champion and CM Punk went out there and cut the biggest babyface promo in the world I'm gonna win it for you guys, and you guys are gonna help me win it. And I'm I'm a man of the people kind of shit. And it's all like this raw raw speech for the fans to get behind him, which is classic babyface shit. But your champion's a goddamn babyface. So what you're doing is you're just burying the the champion undermining. and undermining him in every way. Like mm-hmm. you guys don't support him, you support me. So I'm gonna take the title off the one that you guys wanted for so fucking long. Like so mm-hmm. weird. It's just, it was weird, and I didn't like well, any of it. I didn't either. And my thing is, like, with Punk, in as anybody's eyes, he could be a heel. And there's still, the fans are still going to adore him. Like, he's a baby face. Yeah. Spinner Fox says this, too. <laughs> Why did his dumbass have to mention Eddie in his promo? Yeah, when he goes, all due respect to everyone I've ever wrestled except for Eddie Kingston. Like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, that was rude. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is that about? Like... I have no idea why I had to say that. I Honestly, I didn't remember they even had a match. I was trying to think about it. I was like, when did they have well, a school match? Ring of Honor, probably. No, they That's had one in AEW. If you look it up, it happened, but I totally forgot about oh, it. Cause oh, I forgot about that, too. They keep burying Eddie Kingston, so. Yeah, that's true. They feed him to everybody. Well, you know, what I'm hoping for, and this totally just does not make me want to go to, you know, like, I didn't, I, it really doesn't sell me to go to the actual Double or Nothing event. It kind of does, but it kind of doesn't. But I'm thinking right now, 
I need, if he wins that shit, I need fucking, the person who needs to squash this bullshit is fucking bring me Cabana. And I know everyone's like, oh, quit saying that. I mean, you know, it's going to happen. And if and it I happens, if what they're going to do is they're going to make Punk the champion and have him bulldoze Cabana first. And that'll suck. Mm, like, no. If, if I'm Cabana, I think, well, I'm going to tell them to hold off until they're ready to have him do something or change it or make it not about the title or something. Like, if, mm-hmm. if Punk's got the title, there's no way he's not going to bulldoze him, you know? True. That is true. And that's, that, that would suck. True. I wouldn't want to see that. Unless he's like, oh, I'm going to issue an open challenge, you know? That's one I see stepping up. But, yeah. again, I really don't want to see that for Colt because he's already right now. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you put him on Super Card of Honor or whatever they called it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's because that crowd, he's beloved with that crowd. Yeah. You know, and... Um, yeah, you should give him shit like that because people appreciate that. I know myself, I'm like, oh my God. Because when I saw that he was doing a match and then it was against Blake Christian of all people, I'm like, oh great, he's jobbing. But when I actually watched the match and I didn't get spoiled, I was shocked. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, especially on the cruise too. I was like, yo, Colt, I've never seen you wrestle a bunch of times in my presence and win every single match. Yeah. And he laughed. I go, you always lose. Yeah. <laughs> Damn loser. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm, yeah. Splinter Fox I'm thinks he's either going to not resign or be in ROH. I think he'll keep resigning because it's free money, but I bet you you're right. He goes to ROH. I bet he's in the ROH thing and not on AEW anymore. I think, I think Tony needs to have the nostalgic people like a Jay Lethal, like Colt Cabana, to make that company thrive. And I think what they're doing now is Willie Yuta um, is priming him to be one of those people that's really going to kind of be a big force on that. Because honestly, I don't see, I don't see Yuta as someone who is like total superstar. You know what I mean? He's good, but I, I just don't, I don't see that next level. Yeah. Because right now he's right place, right time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I could see them putting you to there, but I feel like they're going to do something. I don't know. I feel like they're they're priming you to stay on AEW while they're. I don't. I mean, it's it also doesn't tell what me. Do you I don't get a lot of uh, uh, good feelings about the potential for ROH when they're not showing that they're champions. They're showing the TV champion and the pure champion and the tag champion. The world champion. The oh, now they're champion, getting the women. No. You know what I mean? Now they're getting the women, though. So we'll see. For one match and then so that they can go back to dark. You know what I mean? Like they're showing the yeah. undercard titles. Yeah. But, hey, that's almost better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of titles that don't mean anything, can we talk about the tag titles? I thought you were going to say that. I thought you were going to talk about Ricky Starks. Uh, but yeah, talk about the yeah. tag titles too. <laughs> I thought, I don't know about you, but that shit Christian was saying to 
Jungle Boy. Yeah. That that rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, I didn't care for it. I was like, okay, well, you, you came and replaced Marco's stunt. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, like, what's the point of that? You know, and I just didn't see the point. Then enters Big Mouth and his sidekick. Yeah. And that was great because, but then he was like, oh, we're numbers, you know, oh, we're number three. I was like, oh, when did they start getting ranked? And I didn't know numbers. Exactly. Didn't work like that. But yeah, whatever. That came out of nowhere. Oh, that came out of totally nowhere when Chris was like, oh, any top five. Well, here's my thing. I think it's time. Yeah. I mean, people are seeing, I hope people see that Jungle Boy is the one carrying that team. Yeah. He has since day one. And Luchasaurus, I don't know if it's because, oh, it's kids and whatever, but you really don't see a lot of kids watching AEW or in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Very, very rare. Yeah. So I think that it would be nice, not just because I, I like Ricky and I like Will Hobbs, to be nice to have somebody else. Yeah. And absolutely. I think that um Luchasaurus, I mean like when Ricky cut his little his little promo mm-hmm. and all Luchasaurus could do was growl at him, I'm like oh. That was the worst was, part of the whole thing. The yeah. whole segment was like I was like, All right, I don't I don't love what Christian said and then Ricky said stuff and I was like, All right, that was cool, that went well mm-hmm. and then Luchasaurus like belches and I'm like, Fuck off dude, like you ruined the segment. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I remembered when he was talking, and he does talk sometimes. So it's like, make up your mind what you want to be. It's like, are you really yeah. a dinosaur? but Or are you an idiot that has is very smart, and you're trying to be a dinosaur? But I really hope that they win, Starks and Hobbs, and I would like to see the end of Jurassic Express. I agree with both of those things. Yeah, because Jack, so good. He's so good. And he it's like a comedy thing now, you know? My I mean, problem with, with Jungle Boy right now is he did an interview after after one of their uh, their last pay-per-view. He was part of a media scrum. And mm-hmm. they kept asking him stuff, like what keeps him inspired and how cool is it being a tag champion and oh, do you want to have a singles run? And all these things you would ask somebody who's a champion and has a bright future ahead of him. And literally, he couldn't have seemed less interested in anything. He was just like, I don't know. I guess we'll just see how it goes. I'm like, oh, do you want to do this? I don't know. I mean, it's cool, but I'm cool. Like, whatever. Like, every response was like, as what the fuck ever, dude. I'm just here. And I do stuff. And that's cool. But if I don't do stuff, I don't mind. And if I make it on the top, it might happen. Uh, I'm not working for it, but it might just happen. He's like the Polly Shore. Polly Shore had a lot more flavor and personality in his. That's a lot. That's a lot like, and I'm not meaning to be like. He's more like the Encino Man than he is Polly Shore and the Encino Man. Yeah, he's Brendan Fraser and Encino Man. He's very, he's very like Dylan McKay, way too laid back. No, and Dylan McKay was laid back, and he was basically um, James Dean for the 90s. And he was still cool, and he did the stuff. He wasn't even doing the eyebrow furl. He wasn't doing the forehead furl. He just was sitting there like, yeah, He I did sometimes. He did on the opening. 
Yes, but I'm saying not in the interview. That interview really killed it for me for him. Because I was like, this dude doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. He's not trying all that hard. And he's just kind of like taking it for whatever it is. He's not trying to be better. People, I still want a Jungle Boy. Because I want him to sit next to his dad the night or two in old doll. Yeah. So if you see it in the wild, please think of me and I will pay you back. Yeah. Oh, Spinner Fox says Jungle Boy's left wrestling before even. You can change his money you don't want to wrestle and drop on uh, at a drop of a dime. I don't remember him. I mean, I guess I didn't know him a long time ago, obviously. So apparently he's walked away from wrestling before and now he's just kind of maybe like that was right in cruise control. Was, maybe that was um, probably yeah, around. It probably when his books were starring. That's true. Do you think that the idea of him just being already probably wealthy yes. prevents him from having any drive to succeed at this? It's just fun because it's fun to do. It's like the most lax hobby he's got. Yes. It's mm-hmm. a bummer, man. Yeah. Well, look where he went to school. He I went, know where he went to, to UC school. Santa Cruz. Oh. That should tell you something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It just bummed me out. Like, the dude's living a dream, man. And he's like, couldn't be. He's like the most cruise control. Mm. Yeah. Well, I told you. Out. So just, it, it fucking doesn't even make me excited for him anymore. Well, I told you. When. I saw him when he was on the rise, even before he got really, like, big. Everything was, like, it was really exciting. But, like I said, I think that a lot of these guys, once AEW, you know, brought them on, a lot of these guys have changed. Yeah. And not for the good. Yeah. Spinner Fox says he's he's not hungry. He's complacent. I have heard... Mm -hmm. From uh, somebody who's been around the training facilities, that the word is that there's a ton. First off, in the training facilities, they teach people all the time, like, hey, you'll see this on our TV, but you're not supposed to do it this way. This is the right way to do it. And I've also heard them say that um, a large number of successful people in AEW are complacent. And that's why they're trying to train the new, younger groups to be different is because they got there and they just went, oh, we made it. And it's reflective now. So, I don't know. Well, there's a difference between being complacent and, you know, I think it's it's both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anything else on... Well, I guess we got to talk about a few things. I do hope, though, that, that um, Hobbs and Sarks get the tag titles because I think that would be really good for them. Yeah. Um, but... Um, Lance Archer Wardlow stuff was okay, but mm, I don't really care about that. It was story. dumb. Yeah, I do have an issue. Was garbage. What's up? Yeah. Issue with the main event. Yeah, yeah. Let's go go to the main event because everything else was just kind of pretty staticky and a mess. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. So the main event happened. Sammy Guevara uh, nearly breaks his neck, knocks himself silly. <laughs> Half the match is Tay Conti and Paige Van Zant fucking around, looking like shit because they can't throw punches. They can't throw punches because they actually throw real punches in real life. So they have a hard time. And this is actually something I've heard uh, brought up in other things. People who are legit combat fighters have a really tough time making the the strikes look good because they're trying so hard to not strike someone. Whereas when you're a professional wrestler. And you're only training on great-looking punches that don't hurt. You can you feel a lot more comfortable in your swings. 
this looked like two people who were so afraid to hurt each other that they were, yeah, like almost a slap fight, but they were trying to make like punches and here, I'll punch on the side. Just punch by my ears. It'll look like if you're punching my head and you're like, no, it doesn't actually. It looks like you're punching by your ears. Uh, but yeah, most of this match is about Tay Conti and Paige Van Zant, and I hated that. Uh, yeah. Sammy Guevara does the craziest stupid flip off the top to where Scorpio couldn't catch him if he tried because his limbs were everywhere. So he lands on his own fucking head. And then fucking Scorpio Sky wins and you kind of don't even care. Well, it's funny. I'm glad he's got it, but that's how I felt about it. Yeah, but what was the point of him losing it to get it back? That was stupid. Unless, I don't know. I don't know, but it was stupid. But it made me laugh because I'm like, I hope people really see how not good Sammy Guevara is. And, you know, he's very, you know, that kid's not going to last very long. I mean, when he fell on his head on that one, I'm like, whoa. I think that was the same spot where he totally missed Scorpio's guy, right? He did, because Scorpio couldn't catch him. Yeah. You could see Scorpio try, but his legs and arms were flying around and himself. Went, yeah. So he couldn't get behind him, because he's like, was that a fucking yeah. leg or an arm? Like, he couldn't position himself, yeah. so he just fucking let him fall. Like, what I don't. What do you want me to do? Because it was a yeah. stupid fucking move. But, you know, he's done so many moves like that. And people think, oh, my God, that's amazing. And what I didn't like was AEW's like, oh, my God, wasn't that awesome? No, yeah. that was a huge botch. Are and then they replayed me? it. Someone's got to do something about their social media. Every major injury they get, they tweet out the GIF and saying, crazy bump. And you're like, the guy broke his arm. Probably <laughs> the guy broke his neck. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, remember yeah. when Phoenix broke his arm on that table spot? They mm-hmm. tweeted it out saying, oh, looks like Phoenix got all of that table when Luchasaurus threw him through it. And I was like, yeah, and his arm folded backwards, dude. Why are you tweeting this? You should be hiding this. Yeah. Like with Ricky and the... Yeah, risking life and limb. Yeah, for no good reason. He almost died. Go ahead, man. Yeah, and then Ricky and his... um, That that move with... Mm -hmm. That match with Hangman and his neck. Yeah, they kept like, oh my god, this is great. No, that's not great. And I bet you, like, I don't know. It's just one of those things where these guys, like, that are in the style of Sammy, they're going to no style other people's shit. And I'm pretty sure he's probably like, why didn't you catch me? Well, because yeah. you're, you know, you're all over the place and it's not controlled. Yeah. And that's the issue exactly. I have with him. And those are why people, you know, are like, yeah, he's a great wrestler. No, it's not controlled. He's yeah. injured people and he injures himself. Like, yeah. he even said the back of his head is like a map because there's so many stitches and whatever. And he's even said, like, joked around, like, oh, yeah, I'm one, like, you know, concussion away from retirement. Yeah. And you he know? got that so promo, that like, two weeks ago saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm crazy. I do crazy bumps. And people say I won't have a long career, but I don't care because it's worth it for the pop. And I'm like, he sounds like such people an idiot. And he does this shit. And you go, yeah. They – so – You'll, I've even heard old timers in some of these old interviews I pull up where they talk about the difference between getting a pop because of a move and getting a pop because the the uh, audience is invested. Mm-hmm. You can do a big flip and get a big reaction. Like Scott Hall said it to some guys, some of the cruiserweights once. I forget who he said it to, but a couple cruiserweights came back, and as soon as they get through the curtain, Scott Hall was back there, and he goes, uh, 
great match, guys. You sure got a pop doing a ton of flips. I'm going to go out there and get a bigger pop doing a headlock. Watch. And he did. And he went out there and grabbed a headlock and got the crowd fucking roaring. And it's like, yeah, you can have the crowd invested or you can have the crowd impressed. And only one's long term. You know? Yeah, the smarter, not harder concept. But still, like, fuck, man. Like, I don't want Sammy Guevara to have a short career because he injures himself. Like, I know that there's a lot of people who don't like him and don't, don't care if he disappears. And to be honest, I'm not invested in him, so I wouldn't care. But at the same time, I don't want people injured to be out of the business. You know what I mean? Because you don't know how to do it right. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. There's only one. There's only one. Hmm. There's only one. We the ones. Roman Reigns. Roman no, Reigns no. Oh, no, there's only one person who, I'm like, yeah, you're going to get it. Well, the two, I think, that are going to get injured and I'll take them out of the business. Sammy is one of them. Yeah. And the other, not because I hate him, because it's true. Ocean Spray. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, he's the one who injured Hiromu recently. Yeah. No, not Hiromu, Sonata. Excuse me. Sorry, Hiromu. Sonata. In this in a move that was I'm like, really, dude? You've injured other people too, not maybe as severe as Sonata and his eye injury. But you know, you 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 know, what? Like people you know sell everybody and you you know. It's like, yeah. I think the thing you said that was the most poignant, and I don't want us to gloss over it too much, so I want to reiterate it. The bump's Mm -hmm. not controlled. And what makes an impressive flip, like what makes Ricochet impressive when he does the 630 or 7,000 rotations is it's controlled. He knows where his Mm -hmm. body is. He knows how he's going to land. And if you trust him, everything's going to be just fine. Sammy's Mm -hmm. not controlled. Osprey's not controlled. Like it's why Seth Rollins said the comment that everyone got pissed off about when he told Osprey, we already have the better version of you and Ricochet because Ricochet is controlled. He's safe. Yeah, and Spider Fox says it in there. Sky could have got really hurt if he tried to catch Sammy because it was uncontrolled. Mm-hmm. What makes mm-hmm. the, those moves impressive when they're done right is because there's control mm-hmm. and awareness, and it's safe ultimately. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Hmm. Anyone. Yeah, I mean, that was the issue we had with uh, Mustafa Ali when he was doing that reverse 630 until he finally, like, mm-hmm. landed on Daniel Bryan's head and had to stop doing it. Because he was yeah, all like, yeah, I don't know, I just kind of do it, and I usually land right. He goes, it was crazy I did yeah. it that time. He goes, I couldn't tell you how I do it. I don't know where I'm at, but usually just by the time I land, I'm in the right spot. Yeah. And it's like, well, that doesn't sound great. It sounds like you're really trying, like, you know. Yeah. You just I think yeah. Alex, Alex Zane and uh, Blake Christian are both controlled. Yeah. In what mm-hmm. they do, and it with yeah. Blake Christian, it shocks me because he hasn't been wrestling that long, yeah, and he's already been able to master that kind of control, yeah. With it. And Nick Wayne's now, real close. Oh, Nick Wayne's a fucking oh my god, he's yeah, this kid, he has a bright future ahead of him, yeah, he's you know, real close to having that level Nick of Wayne, control, yeah. You, if you guys have never seen Nick Wayne, you need to. Um, on Pluto TV is the debut of. Defy because they're going to have, I guess, a wrestling channel on yeah. Pluto TV. So if you have Xfinity Flex, it's free. Um, and they're doing their first one, which I'm a little upset because nobody told me that Colt was going to be there. 
He is doing commentary. But still, I miss Cole Cabana. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Anyways, so um, that's one to watch. He's incredible. Um, and then I think the if you want to see a, a lesson in how someone is con- rest, uh, someone who is a controlled person to do these moves and someone who's not is I'm there's a bunch of matches that are Osprey versus Ricochet. Oh yeah. And he, in these were before, you know, Osprey decided to he wants to be a heavyweight and got fat and sorry, I just committed a fat on fat crime. So sorry people. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, call it as I see it. Um but you could tell just by watching them what's control what is controlled what's control when you're doing these kind of moves and what's not and it's like night and day yeah. so if, if people and if ocean spray got offended by what seth rollins says mm-hmm. said then you guys really don't watch no you don't watch wrestling because i've never seen another person who's very very controlled to bandito is one um I'd say Ray Ray Phoenix, even Penta to a certain degree as well. Very controlled. And because you don't see a lot of those luchadors doing uncontrolled stuff. Like when they get older, yeah, maybe. But you don't see that. Like Rey Mysterio, controlled. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. That's a lesson on control, people. Absolutely. Uh, Spinner Fox says that he thinks that they gave the they did the title switch again to a make Sammy the most title reigns so they could take that away from uh, Stardust. He said uh, and B to advance the mixed tag which was with Sammy and Ty versus Paige and I think Paige will be the partner. I think Ethan will turn on Sky and make Sky a babyface. I could see all that. I just didn't like how much of that was about Paige and Tay. That really bothered me. I was like this is taking away from the match by having this random bullshit in there. Yeah, and then also not only that too, but these are two people that kind of suck. Yeah. Yeah. So why would I want to watch that? You know. And then I thought it was great that Frankie came out, and that's going to be a good one. Sky and him. Although I really wished they would wait, or waited until L.A. Mm. At the forum. Yeah. Because they're both from L.A. As do you. Yeah, that would have been great. And you know what Daniels kind of on commentary pop. or something? Oh, yeah. And you know what kind of pop mm-hmm. you'd get from that shit? Yeah. Yeah, Tony just doesn't know. He doesn't understand. It's like, you know, if you want to please these people out west, we don't want this carny fucking bullshit. You got to give us something good. Yeah. He's been there. He's seen what some of the best is out here. It's like, you have to. And yeah. I think that that would have been amazing, especially because, you know, Southern California is very proud about being, you know, from Southern California. I could disagree because I'm up north, but, you know, but, you know, there's, there's reasons why, like, Randy Newman made a song called I Love L.A. Yeah. You know, I mean, so. Uh, Spinner Fox says, oh, and Santana and Ortiz are being held back with all this bullshit. They went from doing Jericho's battles to now doing Eddie's battles. When the fuck are they going to get their titles? He says, I don't think they will get the titles before they are done with AEW. I don't know that they'll leave. I'll be honest. Like, I could see I could see tag teams like them not being persuaded to go to WWE. 
Um, but I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, I could also see. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, Stranger Things have happened, but I just feel like they're able to do whatever the fuck they want, and the people they've been around are people who've said a lot of negative things about WWE in general, and so they could be like, "Oh, this is it. This is the top. Trust me, you don't want more than this." But their whole thing with the Jericho appreciation stuff with Eddie this week was stupid too. Oh, I got something for you, and they do a fucking middle school joke. And then they doubled down and did it a second time. That whole, like, I have something for you in my pocket. Oh! And everyone went, oh, it's middle finger. And then he goes, oh, my buddy's got one, too. Oh, and let me look at my... Oh! It's like, Great. Ninth grade humor. This is awesome. This is for adults. Junior high. Yeah, this don't was junior high school. shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, don't insult high Come school. Come on now. Yeah, don't insult the high schools. Come on now. Yeah. They're a little bit more sophisticated than that. But no, I mean, Santana and Ortiz, what I think would be great is if Tony does, like, a mix, six man or six mm-hmm. persons. And yeah. it was those those two with Diamante. Mm. Yeah. That would be just killer. Yeah, she's part of that faction anyway. But I think that would be killer. And she's another one I really miss on TV. I think she's great. I love her. Mm. You know, yeah. but yeah, I think she's yeah, unfortunately Lisa stuff. Yeah, but you know that's not her fault though. Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, unfortunately, yeah. those are the the hand the cards you're dealt with, and you know, so unfortunately, but that's a good point. You know, uh, yeah. Spinner Fox brings up a good point about them though, is because you even were just saying if they could add somebody, uh, Spinner Fox thinks says they keep saying it's five on three, so he's wondering if they're going to add two people. To even those odds because they keep mentioning it's five on three if they do who would you like to see him join up with or fuck i mean impact's not doing a ton roh just got shut down you could bring over uh who were the other lax guys there's like two lax who were in um mlw are they still over there it was hernandez and somebody else i don't remember who the other guy was homicide homicide no you could bring in Homicide and Hernandez to help him out for at least a pay-per-view match. Maybe not sign mm-hmm. him long-term, but you could bring them over, and that could yeah. be sick. Yeah, that would be sick to see that. Um, I think that... I, I really think there's a lot of bonuses to it than there are, you know, negatives. But again, it's just, I think, Tony doesn't understand um, what he has in his in his stack of roster people. You can blatantly tell like Santana and Ortiz are victims of that, I think. Always thought that. Jake Hager, well, you know, he's just kinda complacent, just like Jungle Boy in his own weird way, because he probably could give a care less about AEW because it's more about his MMA stuff and his his Bellator stuff. So hey, I don't blame him. But I don't know. It's just one of those things I think that time will tell. And, you know, there's a potential with a lot of the tag teams. And that's what I thought going into AEW was going to be the biggest thing was the tag teams. And because they've got some of the best that are out there and they're not being utilized as such. And that's very, very sad. And then you've got the Bucks, who are like a joke now that I'm like, I don't, you know, like, I, it's, it's bad. 
I mean, it's yeah. it's it really is sucky. And, you know, and I don't know. I mean, they've got, like I said, they've got great tag teams. I mean, mm. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, great. They're great, you know. And then you've got, obviously, FTR, I, you know. Solo or together, is it? Mm-hmm. It's going to be great anyway. But I don't know. I just it, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what he's mm-hmm. doing. And even uh, Spinner Fox said that Tony has t- bad timing. He goes, he's too late to put titles on talent, and he's too fast to rush matches. I almost feel like that the qualifying matches are because I've said it before. Tony has an inability, at least perceived, that he doesn't he doesn't pivot. When things become when come up or become available, he has the things that he has set, and I feel like this bracket he's got for the Owen Hart tournament has been set for a long time, and all these qualifying matches are his his perceived pivot, right? Like, well, this is the tournament what it's going to look like, but now people want to see this match, so I'll do that match before the tournament instead of putting it inside the tournament to get people into the tournament because I wanted to do what I wanted to do to begin with. Like, he doesn't seem to change his mind ever. Where Vince changes his mind too goddamn much, Tony never changes his goddamn mind at all. You know? Someone needs uh, to come in in between the two. I mean, yeah. I would do it, but I don't have that kind of money. Yeah. Uh, Spinner Fox says, Hernandez did not resign with Impact, so it could happen. I could see them doing that. I, I mean, it'd be cool. I don't know if I would like lose my shit about it, but I'd be like, that's nice. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that would be a nice way to do that. Yeah. Uh, and he says, Jeff is taking on Bobby Fish in the Owen Hart tournament. Jeff versus Darby will be the finals in tournament, calling it, which is a waste. Darby don't need to win the tournament. Oh, uh, yeah. I could Especially because that Sting help him out. Okay, that's getting old. Yeah. Yeah. That's getting old. Well, anything else on uh, on AEW? No. I was disappointed this week. Like, I don't always hate every time I watch. I mean, sometimes it's pretty solid and stuff, and this was one that I was... This is a stale week, because remember, Mm -hmm. like I said before in episode one, there's a long time between the last pay-per-view and Double or Nothing. Yeah. So, there's going to be a lot of hype for things going that way. And yeah. I'm going to be pissed if the Starks Hobbs match versus Jurassic Express is at double or nothing because mm. that's going to make me stay. And, uh, and the tickets are so much. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to be one of the, you know, I'm going to be up front. Fuck Brock Lesnar guy. Fuck all those WWE people who are now, like, invading AEW and sitting in the front. Yeah, because they probably get fucking freebies from Tony. And they're like, oh. I know. I'm like, Tony, okay, hear me out, bro. If you're listening, or if someone is listening who knows Tony Khan, sometimes you want people to, as what I've always said, you want them to bring the fire. You want those moments of if the camera catches them at the right moment, you want that genuine response. Yeah. And I, I think you did you see that photo that uh my friend took of me at GCW? I don't know. Where I was maybe. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, yeah. 
Well, there's people those who are, are expressive, and then those those WWE fan fanatics who get the front rows all the time are waiting for the red light. Phone. And they'll yeah, they'll do their own shit. They're doing it all the time. They're trying to record it. People follow me so they can see what's happening. And they're more concerned about their social media presence. And then when the red light comes on, they fake a reaction. And it's obvious. And you go, was that a plant? And you go, no, it's actually a super fan that is just bought his way there, and he just wants to be on TV, so they'll point the camera at him. I don't even call them super fan. I don't think they are. It's like, you know, if you're a super fan of somebody, like Brock Lesnar dude, wouldn't you wear somebody's somebody's shit? Or yeah. do, you know, whatever. Like, I'm not saying, you know, yeah. plant me, but... I'm a pretty get good goddamn plant, I think. Yeah. And the only reason why I've ever gotten anywhere in the front is I paid for it. Yeah. All in, I paid for it and I lucked out. Uh, so. Spider Fox asked, where's Thunder Rosa? Which is true because yeah. I was wondering, have they started any program with her since she finished the thing with Nyla? No. But. She did. Oh, why didn't we talk to Sheeta and Deeb? That was really mess. good. All right, if you like, it was it. a mess, but I liked yeah. it though, because and it also made no sense uh, to bring back Sheeta so she could lose real quick. Yeah, but they showed um, Thunder watching the match, mm. and so I think they're maybe leaning towards Thunder Deeb and, and Thunder. That'd be great. Yes, but also uh, we've seen it a lot. We saw it for the NWA yeah. title like three times. Like for a company that like definitely tries to not do rematches, you're kind of showing your hand here in your disbelief yeah. in your own women's division. If you put a title on someone <clears throat> and their their first match is against the f- same person everyone has the first match with, and then the second match is going to be against the person they've already had a rivalry with, they went mm-hmm. well and went great. And believe me, it's going to be an incredible match. But it doesn't feel fresh mm-hmm. by any means. But, but at the same time, it does make sense because if I'm Deeb, psychologically, my rival won the title, I'm coming back for you. You know what I mean? So it makes sense. But also mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel exciting in that way. But also I think how they've built her up, mm-hmm. the professional, the professor of mm-hmm. special wrestling or whatever. Yeah. I think it makes sense because now she's got win number 20. Yeah. And it's a lot different. Deep is different from when she did the NWA stuff. Yes. There's a total difference. So now, I think because she's solidified herself as pretty much a heel with it and kind of cocky, it, it would make for some good some good oh, yeah. matches and the, that tension, I yes. think. And that would really kind of help into that transition of, okay, let's bring in Tony now to face Thunder. I can't wait for that match. Yeah. Um, Jamie Hader. I just want you something know, with some meat things. on it, and it doesn't feel like there's a lot of meat there. It feels like it's a you know, rehash. But it's, it's not going to be bad by you, any means. But but you know what? When you look at Nyla, it's like Nyla. You've faced almost everybody now. Yeah. Unless. They have her go after Jade, which I think that they should have. If there's anyone who should take that off of Jade, it's Nyla. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Spinner Fox says the rumors that 
Hangman got COVID, and that's why they had so many changes on the shows for Rampage and Dynamite. Hangman did get COVID. All right, yes. but I'm calling bullshit on that making an impact because Hangman for weeks has been in one segment. Mm-hmm. No, there's never a through storyline with him. He doesn't come out six times a night. He doesn't cut more than a two-line promo. He's in one segment a week, really briefly, and the segment's usually about somebody else, and every several oh. weeks he'll have one match. But he doesn't come mm-hmm. out before the match or after the match. He just does the match. So mm-hmm. if anyone's saying that that's why a lot of rewrites happened, it's just a dumb excuse because that would mean you just have one segment you have to rewrite, and that would be Punk's stupid mm-hmm. promo. And that would have been it. The only thing that changed was Punk's promo. Uh, and then Turner Fox says, I think Thunder Rosa championship reign was left on the back burner due to the Owen Hart tournament. That's true, too. Uh, he says he's glad Alex Eberhantes won't be wearing that dumb hooded outfit anymore. Uh, now it was a long story book telling for Ray to come back. Yeah, because Ray came back, which was cool. Uh, he goes, that makes that way better. But like I've said, Ray is not a dark character wearing all white. Yeah. Yeah, no. But yeah. thank God Eberhantes isn't um, the Grim Reaper anymore. Yeah, I'm glad that stopped. Yeah, but it also doesn't make the rest of it better. It makes it all kind of dumb to begin with because it even made House of Black look stupid the way that they went in yeah. after the guy. Then they stopped and turned around all dramatically, and uh, it was yeah, it was a mess. Like, what, I mean, okay, Fuego del Sol. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not ragging on Fuego. I think Fuego is pretty great for what he is, but for Ibrahantes and the those three men to be so invested in Fuego del Sol is kind of weird to me. So weird. I, I'm like, I don't get it. But That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Just because he wears a mask does not mean that's a brotherhood. Yeah. No. That's what I mean. Uh, you want to talk NXT? Yes. Yeah, let's talk some NXT. Spinner Fox does say he's excited for Ray versus Buddy. That could be a good match, but yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think watching Buddy is going to be great. I forgot so, he was part of House of Black. They said the three. They said House of Black was coming out, and they said these three menaces. And I was like, "Who the fuck's the third guy?" And then Buddy came out, and I was like, "Oh yeah." Dope. Um, uh, let's see. NXT oh. happened. If you go to WrestlingTheRocks dot com and click on recaps, you'll see my NXT recap right there, and we're going to use that as our notes. But what were you going to say, Amanda? Oh, I forgot to say mention this. So during the Sheeta D match. JR, I'll give you props, JR. He tried so hard not to use the word oriental. Yeah. 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 But even his whole thing about her being Americanized, it was very, very I'm like, come on, dude. You're 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 walking that line. But I'm yeah. glad he didn't call her. I oriental. think he was trying to figure out a way to talk about how she's got a new look. Like, her hair's mm-hmm. different, her gear is different, she's kind of doing things a little differently, and I think he was trying to figure out a way to point at that and give a reason behind it, and was more or less mm-hmm. saying her living in America's changing her some. It was weird. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing you just being like, okay, like, <laughs> what? I'm like, just call her Oriental, I'm waiting for it, I'm waiting for it, so I can yeah. have my tirade. But he didn't, but it just was con- its own way, it's kind of like kind of condescending in a way. Yeah. yeah. And I'm saying this as a fourth generation Asian person in the States. Yeah. Or probably my family's been in the States longer than 
some of these like cracker weird antifa people that's a good point but good point. Uh, anyways yeah and you can even hear shivani try to like talk about to it, cover like, it up talk too it. yeah he did he was and i was like yeah. oh. and excalibur uh, was just like just let him talk yeah <laughs> okay. yeah uh see so nxc open up in heat alliance she we had the last legend versus nikita lines in the uh, up at the top i did make a couple notes about some of the things that that was funny on the way in uh I don't remember the water bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, all that other shit. Uh, let's see. Uh, Wade Barrett, as they were coming in, goes, we've been thirsty on Maine for weeks for this matchup. And I was like, oh, my God. And then <laughs> the signs, there was a bunch of signs in the audience for Nikita. There was a uh, uh, In the Lion's Den I thought was cool. Uh, but there was the one that she pointed at and laughed at as she walked out. Someone had a thick, thick Kita Lions. Thick Kita. And I was like, that's funny. But she is popular. Well, uh, we don't know that if, if it's, she's popular or because she's a big girl. Yeah. Get we don't know. Chance. That's where I'm like, I don't know. What am I supposed to feel? That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did think that this match was better than I thought it was going to be. It had a little bit of a rough start. <laughs> Um, yeah. it looked a little bit clunky but also still looked kind of like a fight might look clunky so it's kind of mm-hmm. like okay I can deal with it um, but my kind of one of my big takeaways is just how strong Lash Legend is she was able to pick up and move around Nikita a lot yeah. and a lot of crazy maneuvers and stuff and like you said Nikita's not shocked. a tiny frail little she's not Zelina uh-uh. like when Bianca picks up Zelina and they go look at the sheer power I'm like that's not a power move with Zelina, she's eighty pounds. Zelina's tiny. Yeah, but when Lash just yeah. hoisted up Nikita and slammed her down, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like Nikita uh-huh. doesn't look like easy to move, you know? Yeah. So I yeah I thought Lash is better than she's been. Nikita looked impressive as she has been, and I really like the Natty running. And now we're gonna get a tag match of Natty and Nikita or Natty and Lash against Nikita and Cora next week, and I'm I'm happy about that. I think it'll be good. Yeah. That's good to see. Yeah. Uh, Spinner Fox says, put Nikita and Lacey in a tag team and have them dominate that poor tag team division. Like Lacey Evans and Nikita Lyons? I could see that. Yeah. That could be crazy. Yeah. Uh, anything about that? Anything? Well, I really was impressed with Lash Legend. I just really wish they would stop that talk show. So they haven't had the talk show in a couple of weeks, and I even made note of it because it's much later on in the show. But you know, no yeah. reason to, to to not bounce around a little bit. There yeah. was a promo backstage with Natty and Lash Legend, mm-hmm. and they both did yeah. really good and sounded great. And I liked Lash's attitude, yeah. and it felt like a total departure from that talk show. And I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it almost felt like a yeah. surprise. So like you wouldn't know it if you watched the talk shows, but she's actually pretty good at talking. You know what I mean? See that? Yeah. Yeah. I thought absolutely do not go back to the talk show. It's it's not doing her any favors, you know. Uh-uh. Um, let's see. Zion Quinn was out all of a sudden, so he wasn't going to have that match with D'Angelo, which was a little bit weird. I'm not sure why. I'm assuming COVID or injury or something. Uh, Diamond Mine Roderick Strong's talking a ton of shit on the Creed Brothers, so he gives them a match with the Viking Raiders. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> 
I was like, okay. I mean, it's cool to see the Viking Raiders come down. I mean, we've been talking about it. I'm loving the main roster mm-hmm. people who aren't getting utilized much getting a, mm-hmm. another go around on NXT. Like, especially for the shorter programs. Like, AJ and Grayson was awesome. You know, Dolphin Braun, awesome. So, like, yeah, have mm-hmm. have uh, Viking Raiders and the Creed Brothers for a couple. Maybe do another tag team in the middle of that, like, and then bring them back. Oh, yeah. You know? And then I was thinking to myself, man, when did Roddy get decent on the mic? He seemed very focused. Yeah, <laughs> he was he going to get it right, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. another one. I'm like, oh, on the mic. Oh, I don't know. That was all like, dreadful. Yeah, but I, I feel like, like he was practicing a lot. It felt like it felt very practiced. It was good. It was good. It almost in, in yeah. a way when you saw Bivens was kind of like, hmm. like yeah. even he was shocked. Yeah. Oh damn! Like yeah. I, I bet you Bivens was waiting to have to cut in with, "Here's your next line," kind of stuff. You know? Yeah. yeah but no. Nope. Yeah. No, he was like. Who's this Roderick Strong? Uh, yeah, that's I what I was watching. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. 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 No, that was me. Who's this guy? Did this... I feel like it's becoming more and more... I mean, I feel like maybe I've been saying it a bunch, but I feel like that NXT very much feels like people learning now. It very much does. Like when you saw Van Wagner versus Tony D'Angelo. I felt like Van Wagner looked like he needed work, and D'Angelo, as impressive as he is, isn't far enough along to carry Van Wagner through a match. So it was. It felt mm-hmm. like a struggle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think now there's very few people that can really carry some carry people. Yeah. On that kind of level now. Yeah. Because obviously you're not going to see Braun Breaker doing that, you know. Um, so it's very interesting to see that. Yeah. But again, you know. Yeah. D'Angelo's so good. I just, yeah, he's not, not quite the ring general yet, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Roxanne's backstage promo? Like how she's been talking? Roxanne Perez, you know, former Roxy. I was actually... A little surprised mm-hmm. um but then again maybe because of where she's been she didn't have a lot of mic time yeah and i think yeah i think it it, it she's kind of showing you know holding her own out there so yeah i think it's good because they have a great crop of women now yeah you know what i was surprised so, by too so it was persia and indy talking to roxanne and toxic attraction showed up I was surprised at how mm-hmm. tiny Roxanne looked in, amongst them. Yeah. Like, their crop of women right now are big. Well, You know what I mean? You also have to remember, well, Gigi also wears those huge-ass heels yes. on top of being tall. So, yes. you know, whatever. And Indy and Pressure Parada are already really tall. Yeah. So, I mean, the short, I think the shortest one, you know, besides... Roxanne is Mandy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what Has I thought to too. And Mandy was towering mm-hmm. over Roxanne. And I was like, man, like Maybe I didn't realize Mandy how was big on their milk crate. Yeah. <laughs> but Maybe I also thought that, that and then... I also felt like that could be really helpful to Roxanne down the line. As yeah. the underdog type. 
You know what I mean? Especially like when mm-hmm. you think about AJ Lee was always very mm-hmm. small. Like Sasha Banks mm-hmm. is pretty small. Mm-hmm. Like um yeah. so I don't know, I think I think it'd be good. I think she'll be a good baby face, but yeah, yeah. I was just there. Even with Cora Jade, same thing. Yeah. But being really like just tiny as in size wise. Yeah. So. yeah. I agree. Uh let's see, let's see. Nathan Frazier was going to have a debut. Grayson Waller came out and made that not happen. I didn't care for the Andre Chase stuff. I really just wanted to see Nathan Frazier have a match. But if it if it means that we're going to get Grayson Waller versus Nathan Frazier, I think that's going to be pretty solid. Nathan Frazier was doing amazing shit in NXT UK. Mm-hmm. So. I'm excited to see that. That's why I thought it was very funny with uh, Tiffany Stratton. That yes. Little that backstage. Oh, back and I hate forth. people with accents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you Aussies, kill me. <laughs> yeah. And they even, uh, when they were trashing the interviewer, she's like, she's terrible at life mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, they were, yeah, they, I great. actually even made note of how great the chemistry was between Tiffany and Grayson. I was really shocked. Oh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I was like, is this the first time that those two have interacted? I'm assuming yes, because I haven't seen it in as long as I've been watching. So, yeah. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spinner Fox has commentary here. He says the women's division NXT is really weak, which is totally bizarre, which I also completely disagree with. When I think about the women's division over there, there's some people who are pretty green, but I wouldn't. Some, I mean, a lot of the potential is, in, is massive, but I mean, when you look at Lash Legends or, I mean, even like if you want to talk about like green, but not far behind being ready, like you've got Nikita, Lash is only. If she continues working with someone like Natty, I don't think it would be that long to polish her up. Tiffany Stratton's looking awesome. You know what I mean? Um, he says, from all Girl, the past Wendy. female talent, Wendy Chu is fantastic in the ring. You still got Dakota Kai down there. You still got Raquel. Oh, no, Raquel made it. Uh, SmackDown. He goes, I mean, Roxy getting thrown into the women's uh, NXT title picture, but that is not the NXT. What I love is the AAA league now. He goes, Vince got his way and stuck it to the fans that love NXT over the main roster. Vince always gets his way. I feel like that there's more women in NXT right now than there are in the main roster, and I think that's because he's trying to fill out the women's roster on the main roster. You know what I mean? Even Caden and Casey, or I mean it's Katana now and Caden, they were awesome tonight, and I was really impressed with that tag team. Uh, let me see their names. Uh, Ulisa Leon and Fel- uh, Valentina Faraz. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with both those teams. I mean, I felt like I had a really yeah. slow start because they were doing a bunch of dancing. But once it got going, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. here we go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why did Casey change her name? I don't know. I even made a note of that, that this name change came without uh, any kind of promo or mention or any kind of uh, anything. They just said it. Mm-hmm. Uh but what I thought was interesting was the crowd, for a crowd that's been so shitty about so much, they embraced Katana right away. Like, there were chants for Katana. And this is the crowd that was still chanting Walter at Gunther for weeks. You know what I mean? Well, that one was a very, that was a hard one because you're like, this is this guy, like, when you think and you hear the name Walter, it's very stoic. Like for me, I'm like I think of this stoic man 
who does not crack a smile, whatever, on his face, and who's kind of slightly scary. Yeah. And they paint this great picture, but some people can't let shit go. And I think that that was one, and I think because people think it's kind of funny that, I don't know, whatever, they think the name Gunther is funny, but, you know, whatever. I mean, I was at first like, oh, man, but now it's okay. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, well, Casey has been in the WWE since, like, 2018. You know what I mean? She's she's been around for a long time. And at least with Gunther, Mm -hmm. at least they gave a promo where he mentions it and explains it and says this is, I mean, whether it was a thorough explanation or not, he at least said something about it. This one was just like, nah, that's it. And everyone just went, yay. And I was like, Mm -hmm. it was weird. But it works. I like the name. Uh, It's going to be easier to spell. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I thought the matchup was actually great. I, I, I mean, I disagree. I don't think the women's NXT talent, talent is in a bad place. I actually think it's in a great place. Fallon Henley with that Briggs match. She looked great in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Electra Lopez is coming along slowly mm-hmm. but surely. She's getting better. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with her. Looking good. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, also, it might have helped that this was a multi-person match, so she wasn't in there one-on-one for too long, too often, but... Mm-hmm. I was also impressed with Electra Lopez this time because there's been a few matches she's had where we thought, ooh, a little rough, you know? Yeah, but this one, I think it was good, too, with her being paired with, I'm sorry, I always call him DJZ. That's how I know him. <laughs> but I I thought it was a really good, a really good um, mixed team to have. Yeah. And I think that when she was in the ring, it meant a little bit more and it showcased her a little bit more so yeah. that's what I liked about it what I took away from it yeah yeah absolutely what'd you think of the uh, Alba Fire video package I think I might have skipped that so there's a video package think... Kaylee Ray came out dragging her bat with fire on it oh she that herself... one oh that Oh, she called herself Fighter, know, Warrior, and Champion, and she said the following, and then I'll ask your opinion again. Uh, to understand okay. me now, I have to resurrect my past. Fire represents life, but in my case, a rebirth, a resurrection of where I come from. And then she said her name was Alba Fire. Oh, yeah. what's all the name changes? <laughs> well, she explained herself. But We're going through a lot right now. Splinter Fox says it's so WWE owns the rights, but they own the rights regardless isn't the only issue yeah. with that theory is that they own the rights anyways. Mm-hmm. I I mean I the the if you want to talk like the only thing I could see that would be at all close to that conversation because you, WWE owns the rights while you work there and the story they don't need to whether it's your name or not it just has more to do with. Do you think it has to do with Cody? Because Cody was able to come over with his AEW theme music, gear, entrance graphics, pyro, and name. So he's getting the same exact presentation. And do you think they go, you know what we don't want to happen go both ways? That. So maybe it's just to make sure that when someone leaves, they don't have too close a name and representation somewhere else. Well, the one thing he didn't get to keep was the pro wrestling tea store, which yeah. I was kind of kind of shocked by. But then I'm not shocked. 
So AEW's yeah, gonna so, cut off his story anyway, so it's better for him. Oh, they are. They they did. It's not. But I'm saying yeah, AEW got to right. cut anyways. Oh yeah, but I think pro wrestling tees finally shut off his. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they took away his picture and all that fun stuff, but they did. And then, um, but I really do think that. But also, it's very interesting that with Cody, because remember, he couldn't use the, the roads for the longest time. And it was just Cody. Well, he said he could. And they even said he could. And so there's um, uh, a copyright attorney who did an interview with Wrestling Inc. that I saw. Uh, and actually brings mm-hmm. up exactly what Splinter Fox is saying. He was the Ninja Warrior girl that was using her own name. How can you own her name like Chelsea Green? It's exactly how they owned her name like Chelsea Green. If you remember, there was that big... Uh, issue after Chelsea Green left where she was filing for the trademark of her own name and it was getting turned down and people said the WWE was blocking her getting the rights to her own name. Turns out it's not true. That's not what happened. That's just what the dirt sheets wanted you to believe. What happened was a uh, trademark company or the filing of, of the trademark, if someone's already trademarked it, which WWE had, uh, even though they released it, they said it's too close to something else and then the WWE lawyers didn't know that Chelsea was no longer with the company, and once they found out, they made sure that she got the rights to her names, right? Uh, they, When you're under contract, they have the right, and they own the property of the name. Once you're no longer with them, they no longer own that name. I think the idea isn't that they can't have the name, because they still could, if they wanted, to replace something with Chelsea Green in it and say, oh, remember that time that this person beat Chelsea Green, they could say it because they own the footage and and the rights to the content yeah. there and the name at the time, right? I think that they, I think maybe it's not wanting too similar of a product going out. Like, I mean, even look at, what was Buddy Matthews' name before he left, um, before he joined WWE? Oh, God. Or let's just talk about Alex Alistair Black. Before Alistair Black, he mm-hmm. was Tommy End. Mm-hmm. What did he become when he left? Malachi Black. Because he wanted it to be close to what it was in WWE. Because there was stock mm-hmm. in that. So it could very well be that, like, hey, Chelsea Green is Chelsea Green on both. So the stock is completely there. Where, hey, if Kaylee Ray ever leaves, she will not be Alba Fire mm-hmm. on the indies. And if she becomes Kaylee Fire, that's still different enough to not make a difference or not be a thing. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Serena Fox is asking why people hate pro wrestling tees. Uh, a couple reasons. One of them, the quality of the shirts is pretty bad. It's inconsistent and they're uncomfortable. Uh, secondly, uh, during the Black Lives Matters uh, um, protests and such in Chicago, they tweeted a bunch of, uh, of really negative uh, tweets about what was going on. They were like closing their shop and they're calling people names and saying this has to do with them and we wish that people would stop, you know, trying to do this movement and stuff. And so that rubbed people a lot the, long, the wrong way. Um, also, their graphic artist guy, the main graphic artist, is constantly talking shit to people online. Anytime someone criticizes it, he calls them names and blocks them and says, I make more money than you. Like, it's also just assholes who are running pro wrestling tees and it's obvious. <laughs> So, it's just not... And there's more. There's other there's, things. Yeah, no. yep. People don't like the Colt Cabana tags. Mm. Which Colt gets a cut of every shirt that's sold. 
Yeah. I mean, he should. He founded the company with Barkin, Ryan Barkin. Um, a lot of people don't like the fact that there are some people who still have stores yeah. um, that shouldn't have stores in some people's minds. Marty being one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, I think that's an issue with people. But really, it's the quality of it. It's the turnaround time, the expensive shipping, because we really, we know that it doesn't cost yeah. that much to send it, especially if you're sending that much volume. Customer service. Mm-hmm. Customer service is bad. Yeah. They do pick and choose favorites. I will say this, that there was a time, now they're too big, but there was a time when if I ordered something, they would put my order on the side and it would go out before pe- other people's because mm-hmm. I was a VIP, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think someone also told them to do that too. But yeah. I digress. Um, and it's really kind of shitty when you have to pay another, what, $4 to get a soft style tea. And nowadays yeah. they're not really that soft. Yeah, they're not. That's yeah. why if you go to our shop on restingontherocks.com shop, it's uh, through Teespring now. Um, yeah. And not only that, but um, here's another one that I found out recently because I had to ask. So they had these really cool clotheslined apparel um, shirts. That's like one of these ones that they had. Um, they started it back, I want to say, 2015, I want to say. And they were there were certain wrestlers like Steen, Kevin Owen, sorry. He had, yeah. a, he had one, um, Punk. Cabana, obviously, Marty, I think Cody had one, um, the Bucks, Kenny, maybe, maybe not, Chris Hero had one, but they were all on really good quality tees, and you didn't have to pay the extra money, mm. so I asked, because they were starting to bring them back again, I'm like, hey, are they still on the same, are you still running the clotheslines on the those tees they used to be? Mm-hmm. Not anymore. And they're at a premium, too, because it's a, yeah, I don't know. But I, I thought that was dumb. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, the more money that they've been making, the more cutbacks they've been making, so. Yeah, and a lot of people also don't like the fact that when they're in Chicago, they're front row hard cam. Yeah. Two rows yeah. deep. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I get it that Chicago, you know, almost any promotion that they work with i'm sure new japan they were sitting there too but you know it was funny because there were comments by one of these employees when all in happened and they were like how did you get in the front row and we we weren't in the front row because they were not Mm -hmm. um you can thank uh the the guy that married topanga i can't remember his name and john mayer for that one so they, they're like, how come you? I said, I lucked out. Mm-hmm. That's how I got front row. Yeah. yeah. Will that ever happen again? Probably not. So it's also kind of shitty because the hard cam spot's not like the spot. Like that's a place a fan wants to be. If you work with the company, there's the opposite of hard cam, like the under the hard cam where people don't see you and you get front row anyways. Like mm-hmm. that's how you do that. So I mean, yeah, for people to be like, we want to be the first two rows on TV. Like fuck off. Uh, but yeah, almost everyone who's part of Pro Wrestling Tees is actually like a total asshole. So far as you can, if you follow any of them online or see them, they're all fucking dicks, dude. Every one of them. 
Yeah. And I have to kind of, for me, I kind of have to, unfortunately, you know, have to play nice in the sandbox. I don't have to but anymore. I pulled my stuff. Mark Actually, if you, go to our, if you go to our Pro Wrestling Tees now, it has a, a, a link to WrestlingOnRocks.com. It says shop all merchandise through there. Yeah. Because <laughs> I even put something about this company. Oh, and the security breach. That's the other reason people hate oh, yeah. that. Uh, they had the security breach where a whole bunch of credit cards and stuff leaked out. Uh, if you had their uh, AEW crate and people were getting a bunch of false charges and... They knew about it in like September and or October. They knew about it in October, and they sent out a letter, not an email, but a letter through snail mail that wasn't postmarked till after Thanksgiving, to make sure that they got all the Black Friday sales uh, before people knew that all of their credit card information was uh, mishandled. And a lot of people did not like that either. So no. that's when we officially no. pulled from them because, as far as like cybersecurity goes, like. That's where my degree. I have a degree in computer networking and security, and to see a company withhold that information for months from its uh, customers and clients, that's where I was like uh, inappropriate. But also, I think maybe they don't take you down, or you know, what whatever, not because of the connection with me. Yeah, Um, could be possible. But yeah, don't buy your shirts. Like, don't buy your Vesicum Rocks gear from them. Oh, I pulled all the shirt designs down. I tried to close the store and it didn't let me or something, so I just put up the thing. Oh, no. Well, you can buy cooler things, like shot glasses and Yeah, pint glasses and wine glasses. Mm -hmm, Uh, Wine glasses and... Finnerpox says, wait, so Colt gets a part of all the sales? He goes, so then he's getting money from all of Punk's punk-ass merchandise? He goes, Colt doesn't need to face Punk. He's winning in the real world. Which is... Mm -hmm. Hashtag winning, yes. Yep. But you see, here's the. This is funny you bring this up, Splinter Fox. Is there are people who are like, not a lot of people know about the Colt Cabana attacks. By the way, by the way, I asked him about it. He denies it. I'm like bullshit. Can I have my dollars back for shirts? <laughs> but yeah, I get I, I get free merch. So every once in a blue moon, I used to all the time, but I don't see him hardly anymore. So I can't. Yeah get free merch um but shout out to him he did send me the um dark order cold cabana shirt oh he's like i know you don't have that i'm like no thank you um during the lawsuit you got to remember this that was during kind of the inception of pro wrestling tees yeah and you know the cold cabana tax was not as big as what it is now um but it was like very just minor and um so so people are like oh well he has all this money he's hoarding it so you know why why should he, why is he suing punk why is he getting all like that at the time he didn't have that money mm-hmm. i mean he had his you know his money from sponsors from his podcast and when he was wrestling and yeah. that's it like maybe you know at the time his little Colt Cabana attacks would, you know, barely be enough to, you know, I don't know, like pay an electrical bill or something, you know, but yeah. it wasn't that massive like it is now. Now it's just like, dude, you're like the monopoly dude rolling around. Yeah. You Same know? Yeah. You know, so yeah. 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 Funny how um karma gets people. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's sort of wrap up some of the 
the NXT stuff. What do you think about the women's breakout tournament and all the video packages they were doing on them? That was that was interesting. I don't know if I don't know. It just doesn't kind of excite me. Yeah, I'm interested, but only kind of. Yeah, it's. I don't know what I saw was like. Mm. Yeah. You that know. one girl, uh, Sloane Jacob, she's only 19. She was on the indie scene for like a year before she got scooped up. She was strangely monotone in her delivery and facial expressions. Yeah. But she also seemed really comfortable on camera. And I was like, once she taps into some kind of fire or passion when she speaks, it might break through and be a cool thing. But that first video, I was like, mm, this is flat. Yeah. Thumbs off. I know, I think the first, when you saw her first, I kind of was like, oh, these yeah. ones are going to suck. <laughs> oh. And then the one girl was doing, like, a corporate thing with, like, fake glasses. You could tell it didn't even have lenses. I was like, what are we yeah. doing with this? With this IRS gimmick. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, that was bad. Solo Sokoa versus Trick Williams, though, was pretty fucking cool. And Cameron Grimes on commentary yes. is exactly what it should sound like when a wrestler's on commentary. And added to everything there. It was great. Mm-hmm. I love how Again, much he's putting over the guys in the ring. Yeah. Again, this is where people really don't understand that that's another one of Cameron Grimes' biggest strengths. It's him with a microphone. Yes. Always has been. Always will be. Yeah. I feel like we've only seen Trick Williams wrestle once or twice. And I... Yeah. He was so good in this. He was so smooth. I was like, why are we not seeing him more? Why is he wasting, why are they wasting his time as, you know, the hype man? We don't, (laughs) you're more than a hype man. And I just thought it was great that even like with Cameron Grimes, like point, we made it a point to point it out that, you know, he's a better wrestler than Carmelo. Carmelo. Potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cameron even said when he finally breaks away from Carmelo, his, his career's going to skyrocket. Like, he was talking about oh, yeah. Carmelo's holding him down. Like, I thought that was pretty exactly. cool. I was thinking the same thing as I'm watching it, you know? Exactly. And it's really, I think it's really refreshing when you hear on commentary someone who he's obviously working as, you know, these are his coworkers that you're really, yeah. you know, showing them in a very good light. And yes. a lot of people wouldn't do that. They'll, like, bury yeah. you in a heartbeat. Yeah. But I, I really enjoyed that. Awesome. Uh, did you see the Wesley video package? No. All right. I thought it was a commercial at first before I realized it was Wesley talking, so I'm going to find it. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Uh, really? I can't wait to see that. I'm just hoping that um, he doesn't kind of get buried. I don't think he will you know? based off of this. This is the one thing that made me think of something really good because he was saying in it, um, he talks about his journey, talks about being angry that the titles were taken away from him. He's like, it's one thing to lose it. It's another thing for them to just strip them from you. Um, mm-hmm. And he was saying, shoot, I think I lost audio again. You there? I definitely lost audio. So I'm going to try to get my audio back. But I'll tell you, he said that uh, he was talking about how he was angry because the titles were taken away. He says he can either, he's got two options moving forward. He can either bitch and complain about it or knuckle up and make the waves that he was destined to make, um, even if he's got to do it alone. So I thought oh, it was I've awesome. got to see this. Uh, i got to see this. Let me see. My, I am... my audio's gone. But, oh, can you hear me? 
Can you hear me? I don't know. I think we're having technical difficulties, but remember people, it's only episode one. I'm back. Episode one, I'm back. <laughs> but yeah, if, I don't know if you can hear me now or hear me, but no, you guys all know that I'm a, I'm a you know, I love MSK slash the rascals. And I think that um, Wesley, he, I mean, he, I mean, he's awesome. Not saying that because I know the guy, but I think that it's really good that he's really kind of buckling in and wanting to go at it. Yeah. Give it a go. Yeah, he's, it looks like he's going to try and do a solo thing. I just sent you a link. The video is a minute and 12 seconds. Oh, okay. So I'll have to watch easy it. to miss, but yeah, awesome. Uh, and then some more promo stuff, and we had Roxanne and Mandy Rose. What do you think of that match? You know, I I kind of I really enjoyed it because I I don't know I I really like watching Mandy wrestle now yeah. because it, she she's just so good now, and just you can see every time like this just the the improvement from before and then even now, and how character really character driven you know she is and yeah. it's very comfortable with it and um Roxanne I was like yeah I like Roxanne you know I, I mean she was great on the indies and things like that but mm-hmm. I mean I really thought that this was a good a good showcasing for her she was like she was so Roxanne was weirdly taunting a lot to Mandy and I thought mm-hmm. that she was getting borderline heelish but it also came mm-hmm. off like really squarely and innocent. Like I'm a mess with you because mm-hmm. I can, because I'm annoying little brat. But also didn't come mm-hmm. off like too cocky. It was a weird balance that she was able to maintain. You know what I mean? I think like, she's always been able to have that that quality to her. Yeah. Where it's like she's not really a tweener, but then it's like there's no definition if she's a face or if she's a heel. And I think that um, that's kind of what makes her kind of special um is that you definitely get a feeling something special with her when you watch her um there was a few yeah a few things like she was doing kind of that uh mellow go around with like the head scissors where you try to like spin around Mm -hmm. it got really weird and slow and clunky and i would say if i had to critique it i felt like she was trying to show all the moves that she knows and not all the moves that she's perfected you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I think if she were to lock in half of the moves that she did, but execute them perfect, it'll mean a lot more when she does them. And then she can work on getting the other ones so she can sprinkle in it. Like how Becky does now all the time, where every match Becky's got mm-hmm. a new move or two that's really mm-hmm. clean, but the majority of your matches are like the same core move set. You know what I mean? Like, start sprinkling in the fact you do more and more as opposed to just doing it all at once and not then I'm all not connecting quite right. Cause she did a weird thing Mm -hmm. too, where she went for like a code red and then like, couldn't quite get over. And so then she like rolls off and tries to turn it into an arm drag, but there wasn't really much space to do the arm drag. And it was really weird. I just think that, Hey, don't show everything, you know, just show everything, you know, really well. You know what I mean? Uh But also for a second match main event against the champion, fucking good. So cool. Yeah, you can't ask for anything more. And that's pretty damn good. And I think yeah. in a way, it's like, for me, that's why it's like, I think she was 
you know, because going for it, because it's like, who knows when you're going to get that opportunity, that kind of an opportunity again. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but yes. I'm always under the camp of less is more. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because also that's one of the issues that I'm trying to think of some people in WWE to do, because I just want to harp on AEW all the time, but it's like one of the things, like Adam Cole does it. Like you watch one of his matches and you see everything he does and it's a ton of stuff, but he does it. And then every match you see is really long and does all those things again. And it's like, you're not saving anything. It's going to be years before I see you do a new move. Where like when John Cena pulls out a new move, people freak out because they're so used to the quote five moves of doom that when he does the code red, people go, oh my God. And when he does a new submission, they're like, holy shit, he's got a new thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think less is more is, is absolutely a thing like. You can yeah. do 100 moves well, every I've single only... match, or you can do 20 every match, and then every other match do 23, and people go, oh! See, that's why, like, I was like, why are people just, you know, singling out John Cena? Because Randy Orton, five moves doom. All of them. And, it's a big thing. You'd see that scoop slam, and you knew what was going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, the, the core moves was a, a mechanism for safety. Freddie yeah. Prince talked about in his podcast that Vince would veto certain moves and amounts of moves because it's safer to do the core moves very well, very consistently than it is to do a bunch of other stuff all the time. And it leaves less move uh, margin for error. And he needed guys like John Cena and Stone Cold and The Rock. All those guys only have five solid moves. They need to be there every day because they're the ones you're hanging that the whole show on, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and not only just that, too, but I think that's probably a reason why Sammy Guevara did not, you know, like, he, when he tried out, he wasn't called back. Yeah. And not given the call. Um, he was probably because, trying to impress them with stuff he does. Yeah, it's, like, too, it's, it's too much, you know? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Less is more people. Uh, Spinner Fox says that is what she did on the indies. See Marsh get out more. Well, that's what I'm saying is I haven't seen much of her, and I thought it, I was impressed by her ability to be squirrely and bratty, but not to the point of wanting to boo her. You know what I mean? Like, it was interesting because being obnoxious and bratty is typically a heelish thing to do, and she's balancing that so perfectly that it was worth noting, you know? Oh, Spinner Fox, don't. No. Poor little Marsh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He says, uh, He's learning. How about, Come on he says now. Johnny Wrestling is, is WWE. What about him? Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Johnny Wrestling. He would do the same shit. He would do every move he knows how to do every time, and that's why his matches were boring. Because it was never like a little something special here and there. Nothing was ever special because it was everything always. And he says uh, he's still there. I think there. he's, he's going not, back. He, he's not with WWE. What do you mean he's going back? I think he's going back. To WWE? I thought they didn't offer him a contract, and that's why he left. I don't know. It makes sense. Makes sense how? Oh, with Candace and the baby. So fucking what? But I don't care about your baby. I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't. I don't understand kids and marriage and all that shit. So yeah, don't ask me. Does make sense. This is you don't understand contracts. I don't understand that shit either. So. Yeah. I wonder what he would do. Yeah. Because he doesn't fit in 2.0, and he definitely not going to fit on the main roster. No. And he's no. not 
good on the mic, so you wouldn't make a good manager. Oh, oh God, no. But I'm shocked Tony Khan hasn't made the phone call because I was expecting that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was too. We'll see. He thinks he's going WWE. I don't think so. I think FF Dunn is going away, Splinter Fox. Look at the WWE's shop, WWEshop.com on clearance, all of the up, up, down, down stuff. Um, he said, why would WWE pass on Yuda? I don't know. It passed on a lot of people. Yeah. They passed on... They passed on Hammerstone like t- two or three times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same like, with why? Jeff Cobb. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. Then, um, who else? Um, they passed on twice Carl Fredericks, who's in New Japan, and Carl was just amazing. If you guys have never seen Carl Fredericks, he's smoking some crack. He was one of the first of that uh, Shibata um, LA Dojo kids. So yeah. definitely Carl's. I love Carl. He's fucking great. And he's also a really good DJ, too. Um, and he, Ricky Starks, three times. Mm-hmm. I think Hobbs went once. Um, Guevara went twice. Mm. I want to say there was another one that was very shocking. Um, I mean, Keith Lee got turned down like six times before he got picked up the ones. Oh, yeah. yeah you know what I mean? True. Like, you Keith just don't Lee know. Did. Like, because yeah. I think part of what they look for, too, is like um, like an it factor thing, like a, just like a gut feeling. And. I think one of the differences between indie wrestling and WWE is in indie wrestling, there's a, it, you're not living in a sea of people who have big star power feelings. So someone like a Hammerstone would stand out amongst anybody in our town. And you go, oh, he's like a big star out here, right? Because everyone else just feels like a local dude and he feels like bigger than local, even before he got signed with MLW. Um, but at the same time, if Hammerstone walks in to the same room as Triple H and Randy Orton, Stone Cold, you know what I mean? Like, it might not be that same wow factor feeling. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. those guys are looking at stuff in a way that I don't think any of us can quite understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that's how I feel about with AEW and like Daniel Garcia. Um, obviously, yeah. they gave Nick Wayne a contract. It was like, when you're 18... Yeah. You know, like, you're I'm not ours. saying I agree with it either. Like, I do think that I would love to see Hammerstone on WWE. Like, I think he'd be amazing. Oh, no. Him. Yeah, no. Hammerstone but, is a bigger platform. Yeah. But my but what I am saying is I'm saying I don't understand what the, that gut feeling feels like from a guy like Triple H or something. You know what I mean? Or Samoa Joe. Or like, mm-hmm. what they perceive as the it factory would be different than what I would in my local place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. So it's a little hard to I, see. Like, I, why would they I, pass on someone? I don't know. Probably just a gut feeling. I With that, and I get I get it. I get it. And, you know, I've there's quite a few people that I've championed behind because I see it. Mm-hmm. It might not be perfect at the time, but when you see you use certain tools and you – you know, when you see a lot of this, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're seeing a lot of indie wrestling, if you're seeing, you know, WWE or whatever. But after a while, you know, if you're, I don't want to say truly a fan of it, but after a while, you can kind of see what's good, what's not good. And 
sometimes you can really see that potential. I think you really, with the Indies, you really do, because when you have a local promotion, you get to see someone fairly regularly that that's where that comes, that comes from. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I don't know, call me a weirdo, but I think that all my years of listening to Art of Wrestling, mm-hmm. I mean, really, that's what suckered me into the Indies, like no nobody's business. And just hearing people's stories and seeing, okay, are they, you know, does this match up? Sometimes yes, a lot of times no. Um, and sometimes but... also, sometimes it might need to be, like, I mean, think about it as, um, like, to make a stupid example, like, uh, uh, like America's Got Talent, where you have, like, a mm-hmm. panel of judges and they all have to give the go-ahead, right? What if three mm-hmm. people in the room say that person's got it, but one person's like, I don't see it, I don't feel it, and then they go, all right, well, we want, cool. a, we want a unanimous decision here, you know what I mean? Because, like, as much as I know people love Yuta, and I know you love Wheeler Yuta, and Splinterbox mm-hmm. thinks you're just going to go to WWE after AEW fails as Mox and Brian's polishing up for that time. And that all very well may, may be, I, when I watch Yuta, don't quite get it. And like the hook thing, I don't quite get it. I don't feel it. I don't think that they're bad by any means, but I don't think Big yeah. Star in the making, I think, well, we'll see how it goes. Like, I'm not saying he couldn't I... be, but I don't get that same gut feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, with Yuta going to WWE after... I don't really see that because he doesn't fit their mold. Now, I see like him having, you know, some, you know, big waves with New Japan. Um, I also see, you know, I think with him, now unfortunately, because Ring of Honor is owned by the same people, same person, you know, that it's one of those things where you it's like there's a lot of limited places you can go but i don't think that he would fit into the wwe mode and you know the kind of like the character people that they have you know and the quality of what's kind of there that came from the indies so i I think think he's in a good position now I think so too, but I think what he's saying is that, like, I don't think he's in a bad place. And I don't think that he shouldn't be where he's at. I'm just saying, like that that big star power feeling. I don't, I don't get that from him. That's not to say that I'm right about that stuff all the time. I'm not trying to like pretend no, well, to be a know it all. But I am saying, I think what he's mm-hmm. saying is that Mox and Brian is going to teach him what it's going to take to get to WWE. So in the time yeah. he could, and I could see that, yeah, for sure. Especially that, working yes. with Regal, I could see that for sure. Yeah, working with Regal, yeah. Um, I don't want to say that, like, because I'm not saying that, oh, he has that star power. But if he continues kind of on this trajectory that he has and this new found character that mm-hmm. he's gotten, sky's the limit. But if you go back to, again, being kind of the, I don't want to say a slacker, but being kind of that complacent kind of, okay, dude, you know, yeah. happy to be here. That yes. you don't fly. Yeah, it's like you're, you're, you have t- you have talent, but is that enough? No, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's got to be. And you can see that in AEW, and you can see that with people who don't um, get TV time or have very little national TV time. Yeah, and then you have these ones who shit. I I always wondered now what like Adam Cole, baby. 
how much national TV time he's got on AEW. It's probably disgusting. Yeah. But is it deserved? I don't think so. Yeah. 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 Um, I want your take on Joe Gacy, and then we're going to finish out on this question Splinter Fox has for us. Okay. Oh, God. Joe Gacy is so fucking good. He's so good. Oh, my God. I just... Man, talk about... And when he said it's been like, you know, like six months of molding mm-hmm. this clay, I was like, really? Has it really been six months? Because it just feels like it hasn't been that long. But yeah. I think that's what the beauty is in what he's doing. And I think yeah. that this is probably, for me, some of the best character work I've seen out of a WWE product in a very long time. Yeah, it's crazy. And. It's crazy good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and he backs it up. And having those weird, mysterious people was great. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to call it a cult, but you know, I thought that was, that was some pretty awesome stuff. And I'm yeah. really liking the program with Braun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really awesome. am. And for a dude, mm-hmm. I watch a ton of like serial killer documentaries and interviews and stuff. And there's always like the weirdest mm-hmm. way they talk about shit and they say things that you know mm-hmm. they don't believe. And mm-hmm. they like you can see them trying to like bottle up anger and frustration when asked certain questions and stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's a coincidence that he's got the last name Gacy because I think that's his inspiration. You know what I mean? Like he brings yeah. all that kind of insanity, that lower mm-hmm. level insanity, into his eyes and delivery in the speech. And I just get so impressed by him every time. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where you know. As much as people don't like, you know, character work or things like that, like they don't watch it, they don't watch wrestling because of that. Mm-hmm. I think that when you see examples like this, it's like, come on, you know, if you can't get invested with something like this, then why are you even watching? Because it's kind of boring seeing people slap each other around. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think mean, he I like stands out because partner. of that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Spinner Fox's question of the day, and I don't think it would take us too long, but I have the roster pulled up so we can go through it. He says, his question of the day, who's going to be WWE bound after AEW fails? You cannot put MJF in the mix or any former WWE guys like Mox or Miro uh, because it's just too easy to go that way, you know? Uh, Man, I would have said Adam Page a year ago, but now I don't. I would never have said Adam Page. I would never have said Adam Page. Actually, not a year ago, um, because that's when they were doing all the stupid drunk stuff. When AEW first started, I would have said, why is Adam Page not going to WWE? But after what they've done with him there, I'm like, oh, maybe because he doesn't have anything. I, I could see Scorpio Sky. I think he is an untapped talent. Um, One that I see... Hold on. Oh, God, give me a second. Um... Anthony Agogo was given an offer by WWNs before, and he only turned it down because of AEW, because of Cody. He literally said in an interview he only went to AEW because of Cody. Yeah. So and we haven't Cody's really seen much of... Yeah, we haven't seen much of Agogo um, lately, so, you know, it's yeah. hard to really, you know, comment on that. Um, um, I definitely see them picking up Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa, yeah. Um, most definitely. Um, 
you know, it's strange, but in some weird way, I think that they actually might pick up like Anthony Bowens, not both of the guys in the acclaim. I'll have Max Caster too, but I think Bowens is that one. And unfortunately, he will be the post-trial of the LGBTQ community, mm. like what they're trying to do with Atlas. Um, I can't wait for him to come back. I miss him. He's good. He's so good. Yeah. Fucking Adam Cole. You suck. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Um, I think, I'm trying to look here, I think another one who would work well is Brody King. Because Brody King also is very good on a microphone. Yeah. And I think that with his size, good things can happen. Hobbs. Hobbs, yeah, Hobbs now sure. could be WWE bound. And I think if you were to ask me this um, a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, um, I would have said he's not ready yet he could be mm-hmm. but it yeah. all was about two things and you you can even ask him if i've ever said this to him because if he denies it i'm like you're a liar you know but he needed two things he needed to figure out who he was as a big guy you're a big guy so what and the other thing was you need to have some kind of a character you're using this willpower shit what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. So he's mastered that now. And he's getting more and more comfortable on the microphone, which is great. So he, I think, is someone that Keith Lee could have been with WWE, but better. Mm-hmm. Because he's more fit. And not only just because of that, I think that, you know, that's a right there, that's a big win. And he could go far. Because I would love to see a program with him and like, like a Roman or a Sola Sokoa or you know, Sola Sokoa or who whomever. I mean, I that'd be great if he's lo- around long enough. Steen, yeah, uh, Kevin Owens. Sorry, mm-hmm. I always I always do that. Um, and honestly, there's no there's really nobody else that I can think of because. You know, I really don't see him. I would like to say Butcher, but I know Butcher wouldn't because of his music. Oh wait, no, he quit the band. Yeah. So maybe he could. Mm-hmm. Butcher could could be good. Yeah, he would. He would be a good one. Um, I kind of also see in a weird way because I'm just like scrolling through here. Is I see, and I, I see actually with females. I actually really do see them Hater. snapping up. Hater would be one. Statlander. Those are the only two I I thought of as well. Outside of Thunder, and Thunder Rosa, obviously. Yeah. She's that good. Um, I think I that also see a lot them of doing people. something with Jade Cargill. Because I could see them slowing down the Jade Cargill train, but I could see Jade not wanting yeah. to do that. You know what I mean? Because I feel yeah. like they would train her to get to that point. Where she would be mm-hmm. like, no, I shouldn't. I'm already at that point. No, you're just not. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I could see them think... butting heads there, but I could see them wanting her. Because she does have yeah. something about her, you know? Yeah. 
and as much as I would love to say this, but this is a, a total long shot, but you never know, Janella. Because I know he wouldn't have that creative control like he has now, but just like imagine some of the shit. Because I think that he would bring another element to WWE that hasn't been there, or if it has, it's been a very long time. I don't see him fitting the same way. I would want him there. I could definitely see him as like a coach. But I don't think that that's where he needs to be right now. I feel like he needs to be in the ring. He's in the best shape no. of his life, but he's also he's also still kind of a small dude. And I, at the end of the day, like you're not going to put him in there with the Roman Reigns. No, no. You know what I mean? You know, what do you I think about to be top under, flight? I'm not that big of a fan of them. I think in really? a number of years, maybe. Yeah, they're yeah, they're too gr- they're so green, so green, and they're it's so just green. it's all trampoline stuff and super phony looking mm-hmm. and now I do I do have a soft spot in my heart for varsity blondes they just that I don't know if I think that Tony this was like one of the most perfect pairings that he he's done just out of the blue throwing people together that's yeah. been the best one yeah because they work well together yeah I just wish Griff would get the mullet god damn it uh, Spinner Fox says his five are is Statlander, Sky. As I'm telling you, I think Sky is so untapped. I don't think his lack of charisma yeah. on AEW is his own fault. I really don't. No, they've pigeonholed him into something that was. Yeah, they, really, they had. He had. He had potential. They just yeah. farted it away. Same with yeah. like Hangman. Hangman had those two when they started. There, those that was the future. That was because it. I always keep telling people, if Hangman had not gone to AEW and he re-signed with Ring of Honor he would have been the champ and a long running one just because he had that such a good at the time a great momentum and he was getting so 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 good but I think also AEW messed up because they wanted their champs to be the order that they were but realistically everyone wanted the first champ to be Paige because he was ready at that moment and then they mm-hmm. cooled him off for three years before doing it. And everyone's yeah. like, no, he's ice cold now. Yeah, um, no one cares. Anymore. I remember when I first yeah. saw Scorpio Sky ever was when I was watching Double or Nothing. And I turned to a producer right there and I was like, he could be the rock for them. This guy's got so much. And then all he did oh, yeah. after that moment was just like snuff him out, shut him down. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So I feel like he's no. ridiculously untapped. Um, he he's is. Ethan Page, and- who I thought about. Uh, Ethan Page, I I love him. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think there's a place for him. Yeah, that would be one if they'd sign him, but they wouldn't know what to do with it. I could see that too. Um, Yeah, so I would. Yeah, he said uh, Jamie Hader and Max Caster, uh, which is pretty close to what we were saying, anyways. He said he's so talented. (laughs) He goes, I didn't pick Thunder Rosa because I don't think she would want to travel so much and miss her baby pro uh, mission pro. I thought about that too, and I think that would be a huge concern. But at the same time, Cody's still working with the Nightmare Factory, and Seth is still working with Black and Brave. I think that there's a lot more unannounced stuff that happens. You know what I mean? Because they're still there a lot. So I think that it's possible that she just wouldn't be the face of it and still be around it. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that they might use because she's got a lot of great talent that comes out of there. Yeah. I think that they might take advantage of that. I'm surprised yeah. Tony doesn't, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I would say it. Starkey. I'd say Starkey, but the thing is with Starkey though, again, they I wouldn't think, know what to do with him. I think even then, I think uh, I think he missed the the boat. It's going to take a lot of building him into a star now. That I think he had a lot of momentum coming out of NWA, and I think mm-hmm. AEW did not capitalize on that. But I do think that NXT nope. would have. You know what I mean? So he's one. They didn't want like him. They missed it. They didn't want him. They didn't want him. Yeah. They turned him down three times, and even when he was doing a lot of extra work and stuff, because you know he yeah. knows a lot of those guys, that no, and it was only until AEW was like, oh yeah, which is how it was with a lot of people, but they did not do Ricky Starks right. Mm-hmm. They did not. And um, I blame, well, first of all, I blame Ricky for not opening his mouth and being a yes man and being very complacent that way. I blame him because him, you're the one who controls your own destiny. And he always is like talking about that shit. And I'm like, no, because you would have been far in another universe now. Yeah. You probably could have as much TV time in that spot that like MJF has. Yeah. yeah. I think. But also at the same token, it's like, it's almost a little too late. And it kind of bothers me that people can be, oh, well, you know, Taz. Like, no, 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 Taz didn't do shit. Okay, that was somewhere that, okay, we don't know what to do with him. Let's just throw him yeah. somewhere. That's how Brian Cage was. Yep. And Hobbs, no, I don't, I don't think so. Hobbs did need some kind of mentorship. So that's a different case. But I really yeah. think that yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Spring Fox says he doesn't think the traveling would be good for Thunder Rosa. He says her YouTube videos can tell her can tell it takes a toll on her traveling at the moment. And so would WWE need to have that t- travel toughness and thinks that's why some indie stars don't make it. Uh, he said Brock Anderson would be a good NXT talent. I agree with that. He would he would be a good place to to. It would be good for him. Um, but Thunder Rosa does travel a fucking shitload. But maybe you're right. Maybe it takes a toll because. I know there was one week yeah, long she, ago where she was like doing an AEW thing in like Texas. She was over in Chicago. She went to Puerto Rico and then she came back to Florida all in like one week. And it was like, fucking Christ. Yeah. yeah. She's a very popular lady. Yep. Yep. And yeah. And I mean, I think when you're not used to that, and especially for years, she was either just wrestling in California when she lived out in the Bay. Yep. And then it was when she moved to Texas, it was just around Texas, every once in a blue moon would come out to California or whatnot. So I think you do that schedule. Yeah. I mean, the ones who are really crazy and (coughs) understand that are your people like a Colt Cabana, Mm -hmm. uh, Joey Janela. I mean, Joey Janela lives for being on the road. But, you know, there's and there's some people who just are like, hmm. Yeah. I know Chuck yeah. Taylor's probably loving being lazy. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. uh, and he says, Nyla and Britt, honorable mentions, Britt needs NXT polish, 100%. I think Britt is yeah. not going to get any better until she's in a program <clears throat> like NXT. Nope. 
you know. But, I don't know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Amanda, thank you for coming and having a drink with us. I appreciate Always. you, Splinter Fox, for coming through and being our third today, taking the place of Columbus. <laughs> thank you. For sure. Uh, maybe one of these times we'll actually have to put him on screen if he's willing. Um, the yeah. old Splinter Fox. Uh, but uh, I think that's Maybe it for one us day tonight. you'll get a sticker. But, yeah. That's true. Splinter Fox, if you DM me your address, I'll send you some stickers or something. <clears throat> they should, um, Mars should do one with an AEW ref logo. Oh, by the way, oh, that's the, the big thick stripes. What? Yeah. Um, Aubrey's fake hair. That was awful. What happened? Did her hair fall out? You didn't see she was wearing like fake hair. Oh, the fake she ponytail thing? Ponyta- yeah. Oh. That was awful. Bad quality hair. <laughs> Come on, Tony. Buy her a better wig. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> that would never happen with mm-hmm. Naomi. Hmm? Oh, no. Hold on. Who's knocking on the door? Whatever. I don't know. Uh, Awesome. Awesome. All right. Guys, thank you for coming through and having a drink with us. Thank you for hanging out for episode one. Like I said, Splinter Fox, send me your address. Uh, And guys, we'll be back next week right here in the dive bar of the IWC. That's the last call. Cheers. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the eye and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers! I would never have a drink that's on the rocks.